I just keep going in and, and changing it to whatever we've actually made it to. But I haven't mm-hmm. changed the end chapter because I don't have any idea what we're going to do with it. So it's not right. That is probably fine. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't crossed anything out either. I'm very bad at this. Eh, it all gets done. Somewhere along the line. If not all the organizational things are quite what you expected or whatever, as long as it happens. Mm-hmm. Do I have to come over there with my clipboard, Sue? You might. Somebody needs to keep me in line. <laughs> I've discovered that during the summer, I'm very good at keeping hydrated. But once winter hits and school hits, I am mm-hmm. not good at drinking enough. <laughs> yeah. I always forget to, like, I just forget to drink. Yeah, me too. I should go get some water, actually, so I have some. Yeah, maybe I should, too. I'm going to be right back and get something to drink. Go get water. (laughs) Yep, that's fine. I got water. My hand was hovering over the bottle of wine cooler, but I got water. (laughs) You're very good. And I missed the same step going back downstairs. Well, you need to stop that. I know. Something about the light, it's weird. I tend to really careful the steps because I'm afraid I'm going to fall. Yeah, I tend to run up and down steps because that's what I do. I'm not a good run up and downer. Place to place, get things done, run all around. That's what I do. And then I drop things and I fall and I slip and I do the Kramer slide and almost fall <laughs> off edges of things. This does not sound good to me. Somebody's made a list of a bunch of pictures different people have posted to Twitter where a completely unrelated thing is left in a display of in the in the store. Mm-hmm. So, like, somebody has a pair of pants hanging in front of the um, pop and such. So apparently they decided they wanted to think of pop more than they wanted those pants. <laughs> I don't know. And there's a vegetable tray in front of the boxes of chocolates. <laughs> mm, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like Various the, like that. there's one, because we have Krispy Kreme donuts here. And so mm-hmm. what they do is they'll bring in the pink, I mean, and the box is very uh, unusual. It's a pink box, or no, not Krispy Kreme, it's the Voodoo Donuts. It's a pink box and it's very unique. And people bring that in and then fill it with vegetables and say, ha ha, eat healthy. And people, you know, are like, oh man, I was hoping for donuts. And it's just mean. That is mean. Okay, I need to get out of Facebook. It's cute Jen pictures. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen her most recent ones or not. I can look for them later. Mm-hmm. I was reading things to my mom. I like this one. This is very interesting. Ah, it says, somebody says, I feel like this is false. Does anybody have a, a proof one way or the other? It says, use walnuts to get rid of spiders. Keep your home spider-free by putting whole walnuts in their shells in corners or windowsills or wherever you tend to see spiders because walnut shells contain a chemical toxic to spiders so they'll steer clear of them. Okay, sure. There's a whole bunch of walnuts sitting on my counter right now because the walnut tree is starting to drop walnuts. Hmm. So we'll see. I have no idea if that's true or not. Power. You can um, you can hang a paper bag up where like wasps and such mm-hmm. used to nest because then they'll think that somebody else has already taken it. Yes, I've heard that, and it works really well, according to my friend at the dog park who did that. Mm-hmm. 
I guess it depends on where you live, but you wouldn't necessarily want to uh, keep your home free of spiders because they eat all the other things you like less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a spider living uh, near the sink for probably the last six months, and Mom finally took him outside the other day. She said, did you see what he did to this plant? I said, yeah, but he's very happy in that plant. I'm unconvinced, utterly, totally unconvinced. There was a spider in the mail the other day. Mm, that sounds we like brought fun. in the mail and left it on the couch, and then my mom was going through it, and she jumps up and throws the magazine across the room, and the spider was on it, and then we couldn't find the spider. The spider was on the floor, <laughs> but oh my god, it was awful. Several, an awful looking for the spider time was terrible. Are you one of those people who has, like, the picture of a, a house that's on fire, and it's like, I found a spider in this shower, but I think it's gone now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. The the ladies at work are like that. They're so funny. Because I have two ladies at work, and, and then myself, who all like spiders, and so we're like, no, don't kill it, don't kill it. And one will actually go just pick them up with her hand. The other two of us will catch them in a cup or something and then put them in a cage or somewhere where the kids can observe them for a while and then we let them go. But the house elf, literally, I dropped her off at work and went to take the assistant house elf home because she had walked and I didn't want to have to walk in the rain. And I got a block and a half away when my phone rang and I'm like, what? And it was house elf going, oh my God, this is the biggest spider I've ever seen. I took a picture of it. I've never seen a spider this big. Oh, my, oh, and I'm like, calm down. Just leave it alone. It'll be fine. I'll catch it, you know, on Monday. Oh, no, no it'll not be here on Monday. On Monday, my God. Well, it was the weekend. It needed a little time to run around the building. Oh. It was so funny. It was a big spider, too. It was probably, you know, 50 cent sized. <laughs> I don't know. Do. I don't really have a conception of that because we don't have those. Mm. We don't eat anymore either, really. Well, I'm not even sure how big a 50 cent is. With is it legs, as big as those chocolate 50 cents or mm-hmm. are those bigger? I would say with its legs out, it's probably close to two inches. Oh. Maybe two and a half. Oh. Hmm. It is a big spider, but we just catch them. We have some here that are yellow and black. They are the prettiest spiders ever. Oh, yeah? Hufflepuff yeah. spiders. I really hmm. like them. Hufflepuff spiders, it's true. I hadn't thought about it before, but that's exactly what it is. Hufflepuff spiders. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Oh, there you go. The kitten was out chasing a bug this morning. Mom thought she had a mouse yesterday, but it was just a leaf. And she has a very bad habit. She eats and chews on everything. Maybe she's teething, but she's chewing on the rose bushes. Hmm. And then, like, going, like, I have, ah, always in my tongue. I'm like, well, you dummy, stop chewing on the rosebush. Poor thing. Yeah, she's such a, she's just absolutely a card. You'd think you'd learn better after the first time. Yeah, I know, no, she just keeps going. I said, stop it, stop it. She looked at me and went right back to it. I'm like, no. So. Oh, boy. Must be something tasty in there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, she chews on everything, including the poisonous plant that I had to take out to the greenhouse. Yeesh. Yeah. Don't need her sick on top of everybody else in our household. Yeah. So is it, do you think it's due to this um, stuff in your water that you got the flu in the first place, or is that just... No, that was just the flu. We had parent orientation on Thursday last week, so probably 100 people went through the building, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty ice. 
slated out here on the farm. Hi, Alex. Just come on in. I don't know um, what that was. <laughs> that was Alex pushing the door open. So aside from like dog park, the dog park people, we don't see a lot of people. And I have a feeling I just ran into germs that I, you know, hadn't been yeah. used to. Wasn't ready but for. Saturday, I was cold. I was like, ah, I'm just freezing. And I came over to get dressed to take Bonnie to the dog park. And I took my temperature and it was like 99 something. And I thought, huh, I, I might be getting sick. And I went to the dog park and told everybody I thought I was sick and I was just going to stay away from them. So I let Bonnie play and I just sat on the bench away from everybody. By the time I got home, it was over 101. Yeesh. And by the end of the day, it was 102. That's not good. And then about 10 o'clock, it broke. But I'm going to have to actually go to work tomorrow, Aww. which is actually a good thing because today we got our kids for the first time. So I missed my first batch of kids. Yeah. Which is sad. Do they alternate days or something? Or? We're doing a slow start, which is half the class on Monday, half the class on Tuesday. Everybody starts on Wednesday. Oh, okay. So it just makes it a little easier to have just nine or ten kids kind of give, get them the routine before they all 19 show up and just play. Yeah, that makes Hi, Alex. sense. Alex adores podcast night. He gets undivided attention. <laughs> Yeah, because you're not leaving to do something else. Mm -hmm. Mom was down cleaning out the strawberries this morning, and Alex was down there bugging her the whole time. Pet me, love me, pet me. He still won't come in the house. He comes to my apartment, but he won't come in the house because the kitten is there. (laughs) They have made peace, and he does come into the house now. He likes the kitten now. They get along okay, but he still won't come in the house. He's such a nut. You're a knucklehead. Yes, you are. Decided that's her spot now? I don't know. She was in his chair sleeping this afternoon. I said, he is not going to like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he hasn't figured out I dumped catnip in his other chair because it's still there. I've taken the towel off my bed. I have, I keep a towel under the upper part of my sheets so that when he's clawing on my bed, it doesn't go through into the water bed itself. But when we went to the lake last weekend, I took that towel off. So I have to be really careful because he's he likes to claw my bed, and I really don't want to wake up in a puddle. Apparently, um, MuggleNet has a viral movement going now where people leave uh, Potterit-forward Post-it mm-hmm. notes in uh, Harry Potter Harry books. Harry Potter books, yeah. Kind of cool. I need to find out from Nathan, our children's librarian, if I should sneak over to the library and get a hold of those and leave some post-it notes. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Some people have left entire notebook pages and things, too. Mm. This one has lots of kittens on it. (laughs) Maybe it's Alex-inspired. You never know. Never know. Well, I suppose we should pick up our story for the night. Yes. Yes, let's. Would you like to start us, Scott? Might as well, I suppose. For Friday, June 16th, this is episode 236 of Potter Dick Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Dirty awesome fun. Dirty awesome fun, that's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? I'm a Sherbert Levin. If I start snoring, let me know. Friends Never mind, I'm not going there, I'm not going friend. there. Oh, we're just having adventures. Yep, we're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl, I'll talk those trousers. Stir it up. 
Uber Evil. I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same safe time, same safe channel. It's all safe. Can we find Patricia? I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, Holy nice. shit! It's so floppy! Yes, guys. They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework Aww. later. <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. I'm so good on nightmares. <laughs> Welcome to Potterpick Weekly, everyone. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And I'm P.S. And we're doing another podcast on To Shape and Change by Blue Owl. This time we're starting with part 19, The Unexpected Hero. Actually, P.S. and I recorded a couple of chapters last time that didn't make it into the podcast. So we're going to start with those and then go to chapter 19. So here you go. Enjoy. So we are on part 17, Altercation. And Dobby is... Happily helping Harry eat with uh, self-spelled or self-spelling. Is that right? Uh, yeah, where is that? I read that and I thought... Dumbledore has spelled the forks and knives to go um, as long as Harry's just kind of thinking about it. Right. And nobody actually has to feed him, which makes him very happy. There we go. Dumbledore had charmed them specifically to respond to his magic and will. It is a neat idea. It's kind of cool that he, that it works according to Harry's magic. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot that sort of is implied in the canon that the magic is really will. And it's implied, but it's not really addressed in any great detail. So I think this is a good building on that. Mm -hmm. And also for Harry, I mean... I don't think Harry would really enjoy, like, I mean, Dobby would totally spoon feed him, but I don't think that Harry would enjoy that very much. No, not at all. And so then we move on to uh, Minerva's class, and Mm -hmm. Harry and Neville and Dobby are sitting towards the back. And Harry has a quill recording notes, which is awesome, and I wish that I had one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure this is a little bit... uh, more accurate than Rita's quill. Yes. At least I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think it's interesting that she says that um, Minerva thinks that the her words, no doubt already being paraphrased and recorded for Harry's notes, as though it's not like recording what she says, but it's like taking notes. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking notes kind of the way Harry would take them. Mm-hmm. Which is always interesting because I had a meeting on Friday And I took notes for it, and I took notes for myself, you know. I wasn't taking Mm -hmm. notes to share or anything like that. Right. And then I was asked to share what what we learned with my my boss, which was fine. I said, okay, I can do that. And then when I talked to her this morning and said, oh, by the way, I'm supposed to share this information with you, she said, oh, yeah, and the instructor would like your notes. Yeah, I think that's that's never good. Which was fine, but... You know, there wasn't a ton of notes. It was just something for me. Yeah. And I hate when that happens. Like, 
uh, my notes are interpretable only by me. Mm-hmm. And then I had to uh, retype them because I couldn't make the copy machine scan them and send them. <laughs> I am not technologically smart. And three of us were trying and I said, you know what? It'd be faster for me to just type them and send them than to sit here and play with this stupid machine. So it was only a page. It wasn't like a big deal. Yeah. But anyhow, Harry's taking notes with a quick quote squill. Right. And Dobby is like following him around, setting stuff up and Mm -hmm. carrying stuff, I guess. Yeah. And Harry can't. So they're transferring, transfiguring. That's a bad word, transferring. Transfiguring something into rocks. Can't Books. remember what. Books into rocks. Which is odd, but okay. And Harry can't do it because he can't move his hands. But Neville tries, and even though Neville isn't completely successful, he does make his binding look crusty looking, which is kind of cool. And Harry is so cute because he's like, awesome, Neville. Mm-hmm. That's adorable. Yeah. He's happy for his friend. And then we have... I just like, at the very end, we're just reminded Harry's hands and arms remained immobile, cradled in the double sling. Like, mm-hmm. it's like all of this, and then it's like you're reminded that poor Harry, his arms are in his double slings. And poor Harry. Poor Harry. This is such a Harry womp fic. It's like, poor Harry, I just want to give him a hug. I want to give him cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we switch to Severus, who's, <laughs> I love this visual of Severus. He's entered his living room, and he just wants to sit down and read his new potions magazine. Yes, and no, no doubt he's going to put his feet up on a little, oh yeah, a on little the, hassock on, or a, the coffee table. Tail. <laughs> I can't. No, I don't think Snape puts his feet on the table. I just can't picture Snape with his feet on the table. No. All right. No. I'm too. I'm too like used to these like you know snape hermione fix where snape's quarters are tastefully decorated and full of books and very classy and (laughs) he has like leather furniture and like wine and like tapestries and stuff so i can't picture snape putting his feet on the coffee table okay i'm good with that (laughs) but instead he gets a flu call and it's lucius and he's like Oh, goody. But he's, you know, nice because he doesn't want Lucius to get any bad ideas about him. And Lucius asks if he can step through because he's got information and he doesn't want to share it through the fire. It needs to be shared in person. And Lucius says that we're both respectable men and we know what's important. And so he says... I've become aware of something that's happening in the ministry. And Severus is like, happening? (laughs) (laughs) And Lucius says that he knows that whoever's responsible is avoiding him, which is kind of weird, but not because they know about the life debt. But otherwise, he figures he would be in the loop on this because Uh he's pretty sure it's something to do with... Voldemort, which we will say correctly. Yes. Voldemort. I will try. I do not know that I can bring myself to do that. Like I said, it's just one of those words that, like, I've always, like, going to say wrong forever. Mm -hmm. So he says that he doesn't quite know what's going on, but he's sure that people are being confunded and that somebody's been researching in the Forbidden Library. Because apparently the unmentionables have a forbidden library. 
or at least the Ministry of Magic. Speakables. The unspeakables. Unmentionables. Unspeakables. (laughs) Unmentionables. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's underwear. Oh, all right. And so, um, and, you know, Severus is very concerned about this, and he's wanting more information, and Lucius doesn't have a whole lot of information. Mm -hmm. And Lucius is kind of, he's really torn, you know, because normally this is something that he would have his fingers all in. Yeah, and but he, because it involves Harry, nobody has brought him in. Or mm-hmm. yeah, and Severus wants to know how much access they've had, and and Lucius says, "Well, I just have my instincts, but I think that they had an hour of time, mm. which is quite a bit of time if you're researching something and you kind of know where or what it is." So uh, Snape thanks him. Lucius says. I'm glad that I came to you. I knew it was the right thing to do. And you know what's, you know, you understand what's at stake and what's important. And Severus bows. So I'm thinking that Malfoy has come to tell Snape this because he figures that Snape's going to play, like, Malfoy's part in this. He's going to be the bad guy because Malfoy can't because of the life debt. But mm-hmm. maybe I'm interpreting it wrong. Yeah, that's an interesting reading. I mean, I sort of, I sort of suspected that Lucius felt that the life debt compelled him to come to Snape, like if it has to do with Harry in some fashion. That um, Snape can kind of watch out for right. Harry, and yeah, and that's how I read it the first time. It's only this time that I'm kind mm-hmm. of wondering about it. So I don't know. We will see. We will see. And then we jump back to Harry, and Neville's asking if he needs help. And Neville's really kind of the best person to have around right now, because Neville, first of all, is Harry's best friend. And also, he kind of knows when to offer help and when to step back and just let Harry do his own thing. And Neville, so, I, I, I love Neville in this. He's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a Hufflepuff. He, he is They're a Hufflepuff. both Hufflepuffs. <laughs> I, I totally forgot that when I restarted to read this. And it was just like, oh, okay. But, of course, we get Justin, who is a pain in the butt. No, not Justin. Uh, Zacharias. Zacharias. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Justin and saying the word instead. I know. Of, I was looking at Justin, too. Justin is defending Harry. Justin, Justin is says, defending. lay off, will you? Yeah. Because... Yeah, because Zacharias is going, you know, don't you just, why don't you just heal yourself? You always heal everybody else. If you're a miracle worker, why don't you heal yourself? Or do you like the attention? Yeah, that's it. You just like being babied and served by the house elf and getting all this extra attention and extra stuff. And yeah. But Harry answers him politely and gives him the real reason. If I use magic. I'm going to burn up. Yeah. And so I'd rather not do that. So I'm doing what Professor Snape and Madame Pomfrey are telling me to do. I like how, how Zachariah Smith's reaction to this is whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I could die. Whatever. Whatever. You know, I don't care about you at all. So Harry just sighs and wishes. wants to bite him. Yeah, I don't blame her. I would bite him. I think she should just sneak in a little nip. Nobody has to know. Oh, wait, isn't she poisonous? Very. It's a girl snake. But she can control her venom. She doesn't have to put very much in it, just enough to make him <laughs> sick for a day. 
There's a typo here. Where'd it go? Um, something I about s- instead. Oh, instead of snide, it says snood. I saw that too. I thought that was funny. I wonder if it's like they could decide between snide and rude. Yeah, probably. Snood remarks. Snood remarks. Like okay. I wish that. I wish that was a word. I think we need to make this as a new. Snood. A new word. Yes. I, need, I should write this down somewhere and and go put it on the the forum. Uh-huh. Snood. Snood. It's a perfectly cromulent word. So Harry just, you know, decides that Smith better just chill out or he's going to tell on him because he's sick of it. And he's not sure what Dobby's going to do. He's not really going to, you know, he actually what he says is he hopes that Smith just kind of lays off because he's not sure what Dobby's going to do. <laughs> Dobby might just have some problems. And Cora is going to bite him if she can. And, and then we have the, oh, this is the blood transfusion scene. Mm-hmm. Where we see if the antibodies in Dumbledore and the rest of them will actually heal a werewolf. And so Harry thanks Snape for allowing him to be there to observe. And they've got the bed set up and they're going to do a blood transfusion. And of course, uh, healer Smithwick... Smithwick? How do you say that? Smith? Is it Smithwick? I've been saying Smithwick. Smithwick? Or it might be one of those things where, like, the W is silent, so it might be, like, Smithwick. Like, you know, like, Norwich and all those, you know, English towns. Where the I w- think we should just call him Smithers. Smithers. <laughs> so. So, all right. Back to the story. We're having yes. a blood transfusion, and... I love how muggle this all is. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, like, use needles, they put it in a bag, and he's got to, got to levitate the bag because they don't have IV poles. Right. Yeah, he knows just enough of it to make it work, but it, there's still a magical flair to it, so it's kind of cool. Because I've seen another one where there was a blood transfusion, but they just went from Harry to, I think it was Lupin, because nobody would give Lupin a blood replenishing because mm-hmm. of the, he was a werewolf. <gasps> Horrors. Yeah. So, but it is, it's kind of neat. I like the way it's done. Because it's just yeah. enough of the magic to make it believable. And, you know, I love the, uh, I trust you know what you're doing, Professor Snape, Smithwick asked, eyeing the muggle items with unease. They were almost alien. And, you know, Dumbledore's yeah. like, I trust him implicitly. So... And then he sticks the needle in and the bag starts to fill and Albus is like, well, that's a memorable feeling. <laughs> and for anyone that's given blood, yeah. It's the, yeah, that is funny. it's the heat of the tube as it lays across your arm that starts filling up with blood and you're just like, wow, that blood's warm. Uh, and then they he takes it over and he applies the, you know, does it for... Remus, of course, he has to Petrificus Totalis him because they want to move around when it's attacking them, the blood cells. So they keep them completely still, which is cool. And I do like that he ensures that there's no air bubbles in the line. Yes, me that too. I thought that was, that was cute. I'm like, Snape is, Snape, is, Snape is better than some real nurses that I have seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Snape yeah. run. The line did Snape flush the line is what I want to know. Oh, probably. When did they? 
And then it starts to work. Coral talks to Harry and says the blood's moving towards Remus's heart. That's where the curse lies. And pretty soon Harry says, it's gone. I don't feel it anymore. I do wonder how long they stood there while the blood's running. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm picturing, I'm like, is that? Well, that, it does that, say that less a than a minute later. But, it, yeah, it says they, they um, didn't it say that they waited till, because the, when I read it and it, I, when I read that they waited till the bag was empty, I'm like, how fast does blood run? Like, I even, oh, I yeah. even, like, was looking up how, I mean, it, it takes a while. I mean, I've, I've never. It does um, take a while. Started blood, but. It's just like any IV, yeah. I think. It, it depends on how fast they run it in. Yeah, I mean, like, like but, I said, I got, I got way distracted, and I was looking like, you know, best practices, and, you know, <laughs> do you put it on a pump? And so, completely unnecessarily distracted. Yeah, well, that's fun. See, you learn something. Yes. It's cool when a book or a story makes you learn something, too. It's like nobody watched for reactions. <laughs> No, no, nobody checked back in on Remus. Like, I mean, like, they would, I guess they would notice, because it's funny. Mm-hmm. And then we move back to Harry in school. It's Sunday. And he runs into Draco. And uh, he's, Draco says, we're going outside because Not said some upper years have charmed a snowman to dance when people throw snowballs at it. And Harry's like, okay, you know, he's been stuck inside. He can only go to the library. He can't do much. And if he's careful, he could probably go outside and at least watch. So that's what he decides to do. They get on cold-weather robes, and Coral is nestled comfortably and warmly within Harry's robes, and I'm sure she's got her little sweater on. Yeah. Something made me think of Coral's sweaters, and I forget what it was. Hmm. I saw something this week that made me think of Coral's sweaters. I don't know. I can't remember. Gosh, I can't remember what it was weird yeah so they go out and they find the snowman and if you throw rocks or throw rocks if you throw snowballs at it it dance <laughs> and even uh dobby tries to hit it and apparently it's it's kind of like shooting bullets at the floor you know to make you dance so basically <laughs> they're trying to hit it with the snowballs and it's dancing out of the way so that it doesn't get hit but and then harry starts to get cold and Neville's starting to get cold, too, so they decide to go in. But Draco says, okay, but Flint's made a, a fort, so let's go around this way and and uh, see about the fort. And Harry kind of grimaces, and Neville wants to know if, it's, if he's okay. And he says, yeah, it's just my hands are cold. And they're like, oh, what should we do? And, and Dobby casts a warming charm, and I, my first thought was, uh-oh, here it goes. <gasps> oh, no. But it doesn't. It just... It just warms up his hands a little. So So if Dobby's magic could work this whole time. Yeah, but I don't know that Dobby, Dobby has healing magic. True. That's very possible. So Dobby might only be able to do I mean house elf magic is like something that's really hard to crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really know what it all entails. So they go around the greenhouses and there's the fort and Draco runs over to join the the fight because Flint is fighting against Gryffindors. And Neville wants to go, and Harry says, go ahead, I'll be fine. And so he goes, Neville goes off there too. And they're having a grand snowball fight. And, of course, Smith has shown up. And he says, you're really pathetic. You know that, right? And Harry's just like, I have had enough of you. 
but he's pretty bored with it, and he just asks what he wants. And Smith is like, you're lame, you know that? And some people around them are starting to pay attention because, you know, it's the idiot Hufflepuff. This kid gives Hufflepuffs a bad name. I'm not liking him very much. And Dobby's going to go nail him. And Harry says, don't. It's not worth the effort. And Zacharias does not know when enough is enough. So he says, keeping your pet on a leash, I see. And Harry says, he's not my pet. He's my friend. And Zacharias takes it to the next level. Yeah, I suppose he's helping with everything. How does it feel to have him wipe your butt? Well, he doesn't say it that way. Help with certain private business? Are the bathroom stalls big enough? And Draco hears this, and Draco starts laughing, and Harry sort of turns cold. He's like, how can my friend do this? And I love what Draco says. Do you want to say? Basically, the the uh, house elf colostomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dobby just vanishes it right out of the body. Yep. No problems at all. Draco's like, every wizard worth his wand knows that. And so, and then he really goes after him. He calls him a sicko and, you know, to have given (laughs) that much thought to somebody else's bodily function. I know. (laughs) Everybody's laughing at Zacharias Smith, Mm -hmm. as he deserves. And then Zacharias uh, casts a spell at Draco and hits him pretty hard. And Harry is unfortunately right behind Draco, and he goes down with Draco on top of him. And, and Harry gets it, yeah, or he's he, not supposed to. He uses his magic. It's just, it's just instinct. He he just does. And then we jump to Severus because, of course, we can't find out what happens as Harry burns up. And, no, and Sever- Severus was bored. <clears throat> bored. I just think that's bored, funny. Bored. Like, um. Coming right after this, like, moment of drama where Harry's about to die. Mm-hmm. Severus was bored. And why are we discussing giving Professor Binns more time? I can't see Professor Binns asking for more time. No, me neither. He doesn't care. He doesn't he, notice when the students are there or not there. He just kind of goes through his routine. He just does his routine. Even if you yeah. gave him more time, he wouldn't use it because yeah. he has a very set thing that he does. He's well, probably just the, I mean, he's the impression of the living Professor Bins. I bet mm-hmm. they cannot, like, change the class schedules. They probably have the same class schedules that they had in, like, whenever Bins died. Because it's like, you know, if, you know, first period is first year Hufflepuffs, that's the lecture he's going to do mm-hmm. every yeah. day. It doesn't matter period. who's in there. Yeah. <laughs> Snape's like... I gotta figure out how to get rid of this ghost. (laughs) Someone call an exorcist. Then, you know, Dumbledore wants to know what he thinks, and he says, Well, I think it's a waste of time. He's a fixture. Giving him five more minutes is a mockery to the rest of people that are actually teaching. And, you know, why don't we shorten it? Give time to somebody that's actually going to use it rather than bore them to death. And Minerva's like, Samaris! And Sprout's like, I agree! <laughs> so everybody can quickly agree about mm-hmm. Because, I mean, how long has Ben's been dead? I mean, did, did 
the ghost of Bins teach Snape? Did the ghost of Bins teach Sprout? I don't know. Did the ghost of Bins teach McGonagall? (laughs) Yeah. We don't know. I don't think we know, anyhow. No, I I don't think we do. And they're saying, you know, he's real deterrent to historians because nobody's learning anything in his class. So the only people that get newts in history of magic are people that are really, really interested and they do it on their the own. Nerds. The nerds. It's the nerds and the geeks. Yeah. It's Hermione. That's it. It's probably just Hermione. Yep. I mean, it's not even mentioned, I think, in book six if Hermione took history, but I'm sure she did. And I'm sure she was by herself. She had to. And then all of a sudden, Severus stands up and dashes out of the office as he's yelling, Get Poppy! Potter's in trouble! And we're back to Potter. <laughs> He knows that he's in trouble. He can hear that there's chaos going on around him. He has no idea whether or not, or he has no idea that uh, Dobby is standing with his foot on. Yes, Zach- I love this. I love this image that Dobby has his foot on Zachariah Smith's back, preventing him from trying to run away again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy! And he's feeling the curse surging up his arms. And it's destroying his magic and bones as it goes. And he's starting to panic. And he's like, I have to do something. I have to stop it. What can I do? Fire. Think, Harry. Think. How do you put out fire? You smother it. Okay. So he's trying to roll back and forth. And that's not working. And then he thinks of water. And he just, through pretty much force of will, just sort of floods his body with water. And steam comes out, and there's no white magic or flash or anything like that. It's just an eruption of something very powerful, and then suddenly everything's still. The pain has stopped, and his hands are numb, and somebody's like, Harry! And somebody else says, we need to get him to the hospital wing. And and Marcus Flint picks him up. And runs with him towards the hospital ring, wing. I can never say that without a just an hospital R in it. Hospital wing. Hospital wing. Yeah. Yeah. Hospital wing. So I, I like this. I like Flint being nice. Mm-hmm. And I like that Neville makes sure that he picks up Coral before he mm-hmm. leaves. And Snape intercepts them. And Professor Sprout and McGonagall relieve Dobby of Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's great. I, I just... Oh, the two of them? Can you imagine? Yes, that's that would be awesome. This boy is in for it, big time. McGonagall and his head of house. I mean, what does Sprout think of him? I mean, he he's he's barely a Hufflepuff. We should kick him out of Hufflepuff like they kicked Susan out of Hufflepuff. I know. I think so too. I mean, I don't have any authority to kick people out of Hufflepuff, but I I would I would not let him into Ravenclaw. Mm-mm. No, I think we should boot him. It's time. He's had his chance, but that's just us. We'll have to see what happens. Right. And so Neville's asking if he thinks they're going to be all right, because Flint was the only one really allowed in there, and he was just allowed in to put him down, and then he had to leave. And Flint kind of looks at him like, I can't believe I'm having a conversation with Longbottom, but okay. (laughs) And Snape... He says that Snape seemed a bit relieved when he cast a diagnostic spell, so I think it's okay. And Draco sighs with relief, and then Snape comes out and says, Draco, walk with me. Tell me what happened. And so Draco tells him everything, 
And Snape says, thank you. And then Snape pulls out his wand and makes sure that Draco's okay, because he got blasted pretty hard, too. And then we move to another chapter. Yes. It's time to turn the page. Tis to distraction. So. And then we have Albus. Mm-hmm. And what Albus. Is, what is Albus? Albus doing? is having trouble thinking. He needs his <laughs> even even with his pensive. He's just got too much going on. And he's upset that somebody's actually actively trying to kill Harry. And he's probably a little bit upset that Zacharias is there <laughs> helping it along, even though he doesn't really know what he's doing. And he's They took fifty points. Yeah. Did they do anything else? His parents are coming. Mm, that's good. Fifty points, I think, is a little... That's not very much. No. I, I feel like people have lost points for other stuff in canon. Mm-hmm. That was worse. Remember there was one time we sat down and went through all of the points, but I forget what the big ones were. Yeah. I think there was a... That was bad fic, I think. Right. I remember Because that. in all these fics, people are like losing points for ridiculous things and we went and we proved that 50 <laughs> points is like bad yeah Alex please don't unplug my headphones hey stop that <laughs> he just reaches out with a great big paw and grabs a hold of the cords and pulls them slowly toward him <laughs> it's like he knows what he's doing I know crazy thing they lost 50 for being out of bed Mm-hmm. The, uh, the duel. Yeah, and that that was each of them. So yeah. that's a, you know, that's right. a pretty bad one, but... In 50, okay, uh, Draco and Crab and Goyle lost 50, I guess, each for pretending to be Dementors when Harry fell at Quidditch. Okay. And Ron lost 50 a couple of chapters earlier for throwing a crocodile heart in Draco's face, which is dangerous lab behavior. That is dangerous lab behavior. Having come from first aid and CPR today, that is very dangerous lab behavior. (laughs) Do not throw crocodile hearts into people's faces. Although I must say that was not part of the video. (laughs) I don't think it would be. (laughs) Though it would be at Hogwarts, I'm sure. I'm sure it would. Wouldn't that be fun? The safe, oh my gosh. The safety videos. Hogwarts teacher training or something like teacher orientation would be a fantastic crack fic. Like, that would be fun. It would be funny. Yeah. Like, it would be like, you know, like, um, let's see. Who could it be? Okay, like Horace coming back and he has to be recertified, so he has to watch the video again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's like the, you know, it's like the video on, uh, uh, not sexual abuse. What is it? Oh, harassment. You know, it's like the harassment video that you know, they make the people watch so that they don't inadvertently okay. harass all their coworkers. The, any, if, whatever your field is, whatever tra- you've, I'm sure you've seen an awful training video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're Except always this, this time with magic. <laughs> this is what happens when. But anyhow. Where were we? Um, the question remains. Oh, so he's now he's thinking about Severus because Severus has changed, and he knows Severus has changed because he's always kind of kept an eye on him. Mm-hmm. 
uh, even after he renounced being a Death Eater, just because, because you never know. And that's a good idea to keep an eye on that. And so Dumbledore's really kind of wondering what's going on with Snape. Snape has power and he's being nice and just things are different. But he's not sure what's going on, so he's just going to watch and wait a bit. Those future people, people from the future, always acting weird and people being confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he, they, he thinks about Lucius bringing Snape the information, and Dumbledore has no reason not to believe him. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of started a... He's let them know at the... He's let the Aurors know so they can kind of start a secret investigation. And we know that they found the some curses and how to use the Manx parchment and stuff like that. So they know somebody's got in there and done some stuff. And I think that was mentioned earlier that the Manx parchment had to have come from here. Mm-hmm. Because it's the only place because they destroyed it everywhere else. Right. So clearly somebody who has access to this secret library has it in for Harry. Mm-hmm. And so here's where we get to the point about Smith. And basically what he did was an accident. What he did to Harry was an accident. Mm-hmm. And so they really couldn't do too much Kill to him, him. But the truth is Smith despises him. And so they're going to have to really keep an eye on it. And that it's pretty much nearly unheard of. That one student is so malicious to another, especially a Hufflepuff. Yeah, the something's most wrong with this kid. Loyal house. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I've read this story all the way through, but I don't remember past what we've read because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we're going to find out that he's, if he really just has it in for Harry or if there's somehow he's cursed mm. or mm. or something. Like I said, I yeah, don't I'm, remember. I'm not past... I'm not much past where we're doing for tonight, so Mm -hmm. I can't tell you. Yep. So, he's not going unpunished, though. It's decided that he, they're removing 50 points, they're contacting his parents, he gets a week of detention, That and and he's on probation for two weeks, and he's not able to leave the Hufflepuff common room except to go to class and to meals. And if and when he has to go to detention, the infirmary, or the library, he has to be escorted by a prefect. And that way he is. And Pomona knows where he is at all times. And so Mr. Smith is going to have a very boring two weeks. (laughs) And Albus hopes it's enough, but I'm sure it won't be. No, I don't think so. And then... He starts thinking about Harry and thinking about how fast his magic is advancing. And although he's a slumbering mage, they're seeing all kinds of signs that it's starting to awaken. So, and he's already ahead of where Albus had been in his age. So that's saying that he is going to be a very powerful, powerful wizard. And I like this little throwback for Hermione. So the only person that might give Harry a run for his money is Hermione Granger. Who hasn't even been in this. Not much. We know she's there and she's kind of been her little know-it-all self at the beginning. And Snape had a little talk with her. 
And so she kind of backed off, and that's pretty much all we know. So no Hermione. No. Or not much, not much Hermione. And then we find out kind of what Harry's condition is. And he said that it said that his arms and only his arms look like they'd suffered under the Cruciatus for nearly a full minute without any pauses. And it's not untreatable, but it's not something anybody would wish, least of all on a child. And, of course, Severus is busy making potions and getting things ready. And Harry could possibly be back to his old self by the end of the month. That's and good. then we have Harry who's looking at his hands as he opens and closes them into fists. And he's like, oh, wow, I still have, I have hands again. Because he's not <laughs> in those dread, dreaded slings with the goop in him. And he's still got some spasms. But it's starting to kind of go away. And at first he was afraid of using his wand. Afraid that the spell would go badly. But he's... Getting a little more confidence in that, too. Everything seems to be getting slowly better. That's good. And Mr. Smith has been ostracized. So no. he is? So it's like he is being kicked out of Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's like Susan. Yeah. No one will willingly interact with him. Even the prefix don't care, don't like him. They won't speak to him. That just... <laughs> I almost feel bad for him. I mean, I don't, but I almost do. Mm-hmm. Well, and and it says here that even Harry felt sort of sorry for him. Well, Harry, you can't trust Harry. No. <laughs> Harry, Harry feels bad for a lot of people. Yeah. And then we've changed again, and Harry's making the tip of his wand glow. And Professor Spout says, very good. So he's... Learning to cast a silent Lumus. Lumos. And his he's having lessons with Professor Sprout every Friday for an hour. I'd he, like that. Yeah, I would love to have. And I love that he takes what he learns and teaches it to Neville. Yeah, cause he sh- he's sharing. That's exactly what he would do. I just love Harry and Neville in this fic. You know, mm-hmm. like I... Never thought that'd be something I cared about, but they're just adorable. They're adorable together. I love seeing Neville have friends. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the ones where, yeah, when Harry comes back in time, and he always makes he always makes it a point to befriend Neville and Luna. Yeah, that's that's just that's cute. Mm-hmm. Well, and he just knows how much they're going to help him, and and how much more mm-hmm. is Neville going to be able to help him now? I mean, I he know, doesn't know this, exactly. but we know this. How much more Neville's going to be able to help him, having had the friendship from the very beginning, having had mm-hmm. the extra magic lessons and all of that. Because yeah. Neville turns into a badass, and yes. that's just cool. Even I admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I made Sue cough. <laughs> ah, talking too much. Uh... And we find out that they've sort of given up on their research, Neville and Harry, about the anatomy because there's nothing really in the magical world that mm-hmm. talks about the internal organs and the brain and stuff like that because mm-hmm. they just do magic and they don't actually investigate it. This is something that's right. going to have to come through the muggle side, I think. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, they're going to have to get muggles somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, as though somebody's parents were in the muggle medical field. I mean, dentists, but, yeah, you know. possibly. 
there's somebody. And he does kind of have a connection with Healer Smith with Smithwick. Oh, yeah. That would work. Whatever his name is. (laughs) Smithwick. 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 Smithers. Smithers. That's what he decided his name was Smithers. And we find out that the ministry has started distributing the vaccine among the werewolf population, whoever wants it. And a bunch of them have received it. And they all kind of take Lupin's word for it. So Lupin agrees to be interviewed by the Daily Prophet. So they're monitoring it. And they're carefully monitoring the blood donations and stuff too because they don't want anything to happen. But they're thinking that Mm -hmm. the werewolf population, the immunity will be up to like 90%. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm sure that werewolves like Greyback probably are hating this. Yeah. I don't... It wasn't in the... Oh, no, it wasn't in this. Oops, never mind. Can't talk about this yet. Okay. So Harry wants to know when casting a silent spell is good. And she says, well, if they don't know what you're casting, then they don't have as much... You know, they aren't able to block it as well. It makes it much more difficult if they don't know what's coming. And so he wants to know if you can learn to do any spell silently. And she says it's possible, but some of them are very, very difficult. But she says that it's probably kind of like, you know, it's, it's words come, with words come focus, intent, and power. So your spoken spells will always be stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, your parcel magic. And he's like, yeah, if you speak in parcel tongue, then it's just about the feelings and intent. And as long as the words match, it should work. But I think it gives him a real advantage because he feels the parcel magic kind of coursing through him. So if he can, if he can be aware of the parcel magic, he can be aware of his other magic. And that really kind of gives him that edge for really focusing it, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, so then Harry's scar starts to burn. Yeah. Which is not good. Nope. That means Voldemort is close or something. Yes. So she takes him to the headmaster because she's not going to fool around with this. And the, uh, I always love the passwords. So this password is sherbet ice cream. <laughs> That's cute. Although the question is, is it ice cream or is it sherbet? If That's it's sherbet true. ice cream. Because as I understand it, sherbet and ice cream are two different things. They are. Ice cream is more cream. And sherbet is more fruity? Yeah, I think I've never had sherbet that wasn't fruit-flavored, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not my favorite. I'd, no, I, I if I have a I choice, I want ice cream. Either. I think that's what I'm going to have as soon as we're done with this. I'm going to go finish the ice cream. That would be good. I wish I had ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream. I will have to find something delicious to eat. Ice cream with walnut liqueur and chocolate chunks. That sounds good. Ooh, it? that sounds really good. <laughs> Yeah. So Albus looks up his income, Sprout and Harry, and Harry off or Harry Dumbledore offers Harry a lemon drop. <laughs> and they explain that the scar hurts and she actually starts to say you know who, but changes it to Voldemort. Good for her. And he says that he kind of feels like it, maybe it was excitement, he, you know, sudden pl- pain and excitement or something. Like he learned something that made him happy or something. 
He's trying to explain it. He's not doing a very good job. But Albus has a disturbing theory. And, you know, he's trying to figure it out. But there's never been a cursed scar like Harry's before, so nobody really knows. But Dumbledore says that he knows that this scar is unlike anything in existence. And he has a theory, and he believes that Harry's scar hurts when Lord Voldemort is near or when he's feeling a particularly strong emotion. And Harry says that Snape had told him that the scar was sensitive to Voldemort's magic because Voldemort created it. Because there's no horcruxes in this fic. There are no horcruxes. Yeah. To cast the killing curse, one must saturate their mind and heart with hatred and an intent to kill so potent that the only thing that they're aware of in that instant. And Harry's like, wow, that's a lot of hate. Yeah. Yep. And Dumbledore says, I think that's why this bond has formed. And then we move to Harry and Neville out by the lake. And Harry's kind of sitting down there thinking about what Dumbledore said. And Neville comes to join him. And Harry's kind of upset. And, of course, Harry says, I'm okay. And Neville says, no, you're not. But I know you will be. And Harry says, I hate him. I hate him. And the thought that I can feel this connection. And he says, "It's this isn't going to last forever. I'm going to make sure of it. Somehow or another, I'm going to get rid of this. And he's not going to kill anyone ever again if I can stop it. And Neville says, and I will help you. And I love that Harry says, I know. That is beautiful. It is. It gives me chills. It does. could just be that it's cold in here. But I think it's the <laughs> chills. <laughs> it's just there. They are just so adorable. They really are. I love them. Mm-hmm. And we have three months left of classes. And, you know, things are starting to get more study. Study, study, study. That's when you need Hermione. Mm. And... Hannah's, or Susan's been studying with him, but she says she's got to go meet Hannah, and he's trying to work in the library, but his scar's kind of aching on and off, and nobody really knows what, and all of a sudden, Neville realizes that they're all alone, and so he says, hey, can you show me the magic that Sprout taught you on Friday, and yeah, sure, and so they start in on it, and practicing and Neville's getting in. Neville's a little frustrated, but he he does okay. And he's, you know, he gets it to light for just even a little bit. And I love Harry. Harry's so encouraging. You you'll get it. A few weeks ago you couldn't even get it lit. Now look at what you've done. And all of a sudden Neville talks really loud and then they're like, oh wait, Madam Pince didn't come and shush us. And they realize that they're late for dinner. Big time late for dinner. <laughs> because they were having way too much fun just practicing and doing what they were doing. And so they hurry down towards the great hall to have some dinner, and they go around a corner, and all of a sudden Harry stops, and Neville runs into him, and Harry's like, don't move! And there's a humongous, scaly thing blocking the entire corridor in front of them. And it's a dragon. <laughs> Ooh. Where could that have come from? Oh, I don't know. But I love Coral. Oh, she's only a baby. And they're looking at each other going, A baby? That thing's huge. But she acts like a baby. And even though she's huge, 
Her wings are really small, and her eyes are adorable. If, no, you know. I'm just, I just, I'm trying to picture little, little bitty wings on this little baby dragon. It's totally a peach dragon kind of thing. Yes, it's Elliot. That's what it is. <laughs> Roberta is Elliot. <laughs> I look in your eyes and you whisper sweetly We don't match in size but we fit so neatly It's nice waking up when you're close beside me Coral's like, comfort her, Harry. And Harry's like, what? <laughs> so he starts a dragon. humming. Well, first of all, he tries to talk to her. And and she rears back and she's all defensive. And Coral's like, no, no, in parcel tongue, parcel tongue. He's like, oh, okay. Hello, please don't hurt us. <laughs> and so she starts to calm down a little bit. And Coral's like, she's hurt. We need to, you know, let's, you guys got to take care of her. And you know, should we get help? And no, she might hurt herself more. All right, I'm gonna go closer. Uh, you know, and he says, "I'm gonna come see if I can help you. So don't don't breathe fire and don't bite me." And uh, Neville's like, "Uh, Harry, where are you going?" <laughs> but she doesn't like English. She gets scared, and I'm sure she gets scared because somebody that speaks in English was the one that sent her there and probably was mean to her. Yeah. Anyhow. So she tries to move, and her wing knocks down some crown molding and shatters on the floor, and Neville yells, Look out! And the dragon gets scared, and yeah. Poor baby. Mm-hmm. And now the dragon's got her head on the floor, and he crawls over to her, and he says, Don't move. And he's, she's whimpering, and he starts humming to her. And so he starts humming, and then Neville starts humming. They kind of put her to sleep. And then he uses his magic to cancel the magic that's made her big. And then we have the feast. And it's delicious, but Pomona's distracted because Harry and Neville aren't there. And Everybody else is, and she sees them. And I like that she keeps track of all her kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would do that. Hufflepuffs. Yeah, she she's the kind of person that would know where they were as much as possible and mm-hmm. be aware if they weren't where they were supposed to be. Yeah. So, and then Sir Nicholas comes in and he's like, "Headmaster, there's a giant dragon near the library." And of That's course, we have unexpected chaos until he yells, Silence! and then he turns and you know. With a glance, tells Severus, Hagrid, Remus, and Phileas that they're going with him. And he says something to Minerva. And he tells her to seal the Great Hall and don't let anybody out or in. And Pomona says, Neville and Harry aren't here. Find them. And so... And Dumbledore stops Severus and says, You need to... You know, the wards on the third floor have been breached. And Snape says, I'll go. You find the dragon and I'll take care of that. So he runs towards the third floor, which I had totally forgotten about until this point. Oh, yeah. You know, I totally forgot that Fluffy was there and all of this. So he's got a... (laughs) Fluffy's agitated. 
So that means somebody had gotten past him. So he gets a flute and plays a tune and goes down and he sees the different, you know, somebody's just sort of blasted things. And then he gets to the final protection and he finds, well, he finds Voldemort. Oh, well, first of all, there's a rune network on the floor with Harry there and young Harry. And then he just says ridiculous in the Bogart floods, flees, floods. That's a good word, isn't it? Floods. <laughs> and then Fled he is flees. I know. And he finds Voldemort looking like Pettigrew. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And so he goes down and Voldemort says, retrieve the stone for me, Severus. And Snape says, it's not here. And the room gets suddenly very cold. And Voldemort says, do you know where it is? And Snape says, well, Dumbledore didn't tell anybody. And he placed it under a Fidelius. Is that how you say that? Fidelius. That's how I say it. Sounds good. And who's the secret keeper? Well, Dumbledore is, of course. So he's getting really mad, is Mr. Voldemort. And he splashed the mirror into a bunch of pieces. And then he tells Snape he needs to duel him because that's the only way to make it look like they're, you know, keeping things on the up and up. And then he crucios him. Oh, poor Snape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he and then, gets stupefied. Yes. And then, <laughs> I love this, Dumbledore and the professors are running towards the library, and they hear giggling. <laughs> because they're just playing with the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, chunks of rocks everywhere, and moldings down, and in the middle are Harry and Neville, and in, no- in Harry's arms, wrapped in robes, is this very young dragon, and she's butting her head against Harry's head, and they're... Aww. Laughing, and it's totally like how the kitten plays with us. So cute! I know. And, and all of a sudden, Neville looks up and he's like, Oh dear, headmaster! <laughs> We're just sitting here playing with this dragon. Mm-hmm. And then Agra's like, Aw, isn't he just the cutest thing? Neri's like, Yeah, she's a girl. Oh, she's the cutest little thing. Can I hold her, Harry? Please let me play with the dragon too. And I want to play with the dragon. I know. The the dragon panics for a little bit, but Harry says, no, this is cool. You're going to like this guy. And Hagrid, of course, digs into his pockets and pulls out meat and gives her some. And Harry blinks but decides not to question the fact that Hagrid has raw meat in his pockets. <laughs> because what else would Hagrid have in his pockets? He's probably out feeding the Thestrals, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Or Aragog. Or Aragog. Mm, hadn't thought of that. So Dumbledore is happy to see they're safe and impressed. And Harry says, well, we couldn't leave her. And she was actually pretty calm. Once we started humming, everything was good. Harry's like, well, she was a baby, and so I just did a lullaby. <laughs> Dumbledore's like, okay. Wouldn't have thought of that, but okay. So Hagrid gets to take her home, which you know Hagrid just absolutely loved. Yes. And then Harry puts his hand against his scar, and he's in lots of pain. And Dumbledore's like, what's going on? And Harry says, he's furious. Maddie's been tricked. And so Dumbledore tells 
Phileas and Remus to take Harry to Harry and Neville to the hospital wing and seal it. And Hagrid's going to take care of the dragon. And Dumbledore's going after Snape. I don't know that I like all the first names. Except for yeah. Dumbledore. Dumbledore is always Dumbledore, but everybody else is the first name. And I'm more used to the teachers being last names. Yeah, um, I guess it always, for me, it depends what I like to see, what I like to write. It depends whose point of view it is. Mm-hmm. So is it, whose point of view is it? I think it's Albus's point of view. Right. So I think if it's Albus's point of view, then he's going to be thinking of everyone as first name. That's everyone, true. Except, here's the thing. This is one of my bugaboos. Is when the point of view character doesn't think of themselves by their first name. I mean, Dumbledore doesn't think of himself as Dumbledore. You would think not. I think Dumbledore thinks of himself as Albus. Mm-hmm. And that's, so I think that is the thing that bugs me here. That makes but sense. the rest of it is fine because I think from Dumbledore's point of view, all of the adults are by their first name. Except Hagrid. Except Hagrid. Well, Hagrid's Hagrid. Everybody <laughs> calls Hagrid Hagrid. That's true. And it took me a whole 30 seconds to remember that it's Rubius. <laughs> I was like, yes. is that first or last name? <laughs> Whatever Hagrid's first name is. <laughs> and back to the episode that we started with Scott, P.S., and Sue. We've decided to stop telling you how many chapters we're going to do in each podcast because it never seems to work. No, so, it's not uh, we'll working. We'll just go as far one. as we go. <laughs> If you're if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, which I guess is the only way you can listen to this, the actual number of chapters will be in the notes, but we don't know. No. We know nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Okay. You're being schultzy now, are you? Yeah. Yeah. I just sent Kat a message about coming to visit because they're doing a really big push for Halloween Town. And now one of the actresses from the show is going to be here for the pumpkin lightning on October 10th. So they're really getting all into it. And now they're having a Walking Dead zombie tour. And they've put out a casting call for lookalikes of the show. And are going to have some zombie-led tour through the area as well. Well, Which, to my way of thinking, it's kind of... I shouldn't say it like this. It's kind of like a hick town. If Mm -hmm. you go wandering around, well, and we're supposedly one of the biggest meth areas in Oregon, (laughs) the town that it's in, not my town, but the town over. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go around dressed as a walking dead zombie. Some idiot will shoot you. Mm. You know, that is a point. (laughs) I don't see this as coming off. Well, somebody's going to die. But hopefully it works out and they raise lots of money for the town. Because that would be good. I just have fears. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, and speaking of shooting people, we left last week with Albus hurrying into the Chamber of Secrets where he has sent Snape. And as he walks in, or actually he's probably running because he's hurrying in, he finds out that there's been... A battle down here. The mirror mm-hmm. of Erised is shattered. Snape uh, is lying bleeding on the floor. Snape is bleeding on the Snape's floor. Snape's down. Snape's down. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's uh, he's got a slash from his collarbone down around the tip of his lowest rib. And while it's not long, it's very deep and he can see bone. 
And he's casting healing spells on him. And then, of course, we immediately jump to Harry and Neville. Yes, because we can't know what happened quite yet. No. It'd be no fun. And they're in lockdown in the infirmary. Mm -hmm. So they don't quite know what's going on either. And nobody's answering about his questions. And Snape and Dumbledore are both banished. And then they both enter. Yep. Dumbledore gets Poppy to bring the blood replenishing potion. And they go through all their treatment stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Harry kind of asks if he can help or not. And he says, well... At this point, I think I can treat most of the things, but if you want to, you know, do diagnostic stuff and figure out what exactly is going on. And she also sends Neville to get some dittany for the scarring. Mm -hmm. That'll work for that, and Harry doesn't have to uh, use his energy for that. But he does find residue of the Cruciatus curse. Yeah, yeah. His breath catches, and he sees images, and the professor's nerve endings are damaged and so yeah it's just Indeed. like the long bottoms mm-hmm. but it's much more you can tell this is a lot less protracted it was a brief period of time there's only a little bit of the mm-hmm. that kind of damage and he notices there's this odd little membrane around the nerves and he decides this must be the natural protection for them and the cruciatus strips that away or something. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to try and repair it and have it um, fix that membrane. Yeah. And he also does some, there's some swelling at the back of Snape's head and uh, there were some nicks on his ribs and things like that, which he dealt with first. I love this healing. Because he just tells it what he wants it to do, and it does it. And I was like, hmm, this is good. It would be nice if that worked. Yeah. And then we jump to later, and Dumbledore is sitting next to Severus's bed. And he's uh, it's late, late at night, and he's feeling guilty. He figures that it was Voldemort that was there, but he can't be certain until he talks to Snape. And after a little bit, he's thinking, gee... I'd like some hot chocolate. (laughs) So he decides he's going to sneak down to the kitchens for some, uh, excuse me, hot cocoa. And the minute he leaves, Harry, who's not asleep, gets up and goes over to check on Snape. Because while he was doing all this healing, he could tell that there was swelling or something on Snape's arm that was kind of weird. But he didn't do anything with it at that point. Yeah, so he was busy. And, but then when Dumbledore patted him on the arm as he was leaving, he was like, oh, yeah, there was that arm thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should go check that. So, so he decides he, to head over and do that and discovers the dark mark. Yep. And he's like, what is this, a tattoo? And Coral's like, what is this? And then you hear, it's called a dark mark. And you're like, where did that voice come from? But it's Snape, who also is not wake. sleeping. <laughs> 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 he woke him up when he patted him on the arm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So he, so he decides to tell him what's going on about that and yeah. explains to him that it's what Death Eaters get and it happened when Snape was young and foolish and um, he thought he wanted the power and recognition that this would bring to him and then it turned out not to work the way he thought it would. Yeah. And then we have Albus coming back in with his cocoa, and he hears them talking, so he freezes. Now, Snape, because he's Mr. Master Spy, knows that Dumbledore has come in, but Dumbledore does not know that Snape knows. (laughs) I 
just thought that was so funny how, um, you know, Dumbledore is like trying not to. He keeps thinking that oh, they I gotta make it seem like I just came in and they they can't know that I was here all along. But, mm-hmm. you know, he knows. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. Harry might not. You know, we don't get to see that. No, but Snape. Snape knows, knows anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry tells Snape that you know he looked the headmaster looked really worried about you earlier, and Snape says, "Yeah, well, our we staff get pretty close to being his family, and uh, you know, he might be the greatest headmaster Hogwarts has ever seen." And uh, Harry says, "Well, Hagrid says he is." And Snape says, "Well, it's possible, but I don't know all the other headmasters, mm-hmm. so we can't assume that." <laughs> oh, Snape, <laughs> yeah, that's so obnoxious. <laughs> So I love, you know, Harry goes back to bed, Snape goes back to sleep, supposedly, and Dumbledore waits 15 minutes before he sneaks back in to sit down. So nobody knows he was actually out there. I wouldn't have been able to stand still that long, but Dumbledore is made of sterner stuff than I am. Yeah, I think he has practice at that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And of course, the school never truly knows what happened, but Neville and Harry are the dragon tamers because of Norberta, and Dumbledore has made arrangements for her to go somewhere, much to, oh, to the Flamels, much to uh, Hagrid's disappointment, who was enjoying taking the baby. It seems slightly odd to me that he, um, having discovered that she's a girl before naming her, he still decides to name her Norberta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Oh, well. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Didn't Harry name her Norberta? I can't remember now. No, it was Hagrid. Oh, well, I think Harry thought it was a little weird. And the uh, professors are tense because Voldemort has once again snuck into the castle. Bad, evil person, bad. So, and then we move to Professor Sprout saying, Harry's scar is still hurting him off and on. And so they're, they're having a chat. Phileas, her and Phileas are having a chat in the Charms classroom office. About Harry and yeah, he sorts of he wants to know how best to approach this kind of thing. Oh well, Phileas says you know <clears throat> he seems to be coping fairly well with the extra attention and such, but she still wishes they didn't have to. Yeah, despite the whole rumor fiasco with the dragon, and he just and yeah, and Pomona is just worried about him. Yeah. She worries about all her Hufflepuffs, but especially. And they talk about how Harry knows now. Um, that Snape was a spy. Mm-hmm. He said, well, Harry already knew some of that because Remus had told him earlier. Yeah, but only what was public record. Yeah. Because Remus is good like that. Of course, I'm editing Accidental Animagus while we're doing this, so I'm getting the Remuses mixed up. I will do my best to keep them straight. Yeah, that's a uh, hazard of reading so many different pen pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I mean... I get it mixed up when I'm writing. You know, I get everything mixed up. Because I just realized I was, like, agreeing with you, nodding, nodding. Yes, it is dumb that they named her Norberta when they knew that it was a girl first. Oh, yeah. And then I remembered that that is what happens in Jane. I am pretty (laughs) sure that they find out it's a girl. And he names it Norberta. It's easier shorthand that way because the fans of the originals understand what you're referring to. Mm -hmm. It's easier. Yeah. Like I ain't renaming this dragon. <laughs> I did too much change. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. renaming the dragon. 
Yeah, yeah. You'd start doing it and people would be like, who's Genevieve? I don't understand. What is this? <laughs> That's the dragon's name. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. So they, they talk about that a little bit and they realize that Remus probably explained it fairly well because he's good at that. And Phileas suggests that even though Pomona's not really sure how she can best help about things, he says, just be honest with him when he asks questions because he responds well to people being straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a little worried about how he was going to respond to the whole hospital thing and working in the hospital, but that he's observed that the that Madame Pomfrey just tells him matter-of-factly what's going on, and he responds very well to that, even to the gory stuff. And so as long as you treat him kind of like an adult or with, like, the respect, then he's going to be okay with it. Yeah. So they decide to, they have to get back to marking and so on, um, mm-hmm. organizing things. But um, she's glad they had this chat, and she thinks maybe she might go talk with Minerva in a little bit too, because she knew Jame is the best. So right. maybe she'll have some insights. And, and then we shift back to Harry. Who's getting ready to go to bed early. Well, mm-hmm. I'm all for that, Harry. Yeah. I'm not good at it, but it's a really good idea. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's had a busy week. There's kids asking him about what's going on, what happened with the dragon and all of that. And his scar has been bothering him the whole week long. And it's getting worse. And he's told people about it, but nobody knows what to do for it. So he's just tired and ready for bed. And he's not really sure... He's trying to practice his occlumency exercises in case that helps. Mm-hmm. At least he did manage to do his potions test well. I mean, he thinks Snape might actually have been proud of him, which is kind of weird. But mm-hmm. Yeah, and he finally falls asleep. And then his scar starts hurting even more, and he wakes up. Yeah. Because Voldemort has entered the room. Dang that Voldemort. Yeah. He is right in. sneaky. Or should we say Peter Moore? Peter Moore, <laughs> that's exactly it. Because he's apparently possessed Pettigrew instead of Quirrell now, mm-hmm. which is an interesting contrast. Yeah, but at least now he can run around as a rat. So that's how, mm-hmm. I mean, this is explained later. Because like when, I, when I first read it, I was like, Voldemort got in their dormitory. I'm like, come on. And then I realized that he's yeah. Peter, he so came he in got as in Peter. as a rat. Yeah. Yep. Voldemort is there in the room, and Coral is like, something just entered. I can taste them. <laughs> hmm. And as he's watching, this hand, you know, grabs the curtains, and he's like, ooh, I'm in trouble. And so the curtain rips open, Harry grabs hold of Coral, jumps out of bed, and a vada kadavra, and the green light explodes down and the bed's obliterated. I can almost say that word. Obliterated? There you go. Obliterated. Everything. I mean, this this is a great fight. I mean, there's like it's spells a- going everywhere and everything blows up. <laughs> the entire, like, dorm is destroyed. And I love Voldemort. Can't you just die, Potter? <laughs> <laughs> It's a little unvoldemort though, isn't it? He's like comes in with like sh- like like it's some kind of like 
I don't know, like some kind of mafia drive-by, and you know, it's like that's like does not seem like Voldemort to me. Well, yeah, he's well, he's you usually know, a little he, more elegant. It's than that, because but. he's Peter Mort, so he's mm-hmm. got a mixture of the two, and it's just enough Peter to make him ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he's... So poor Harry, at first he doesn't have his glasses. He can't see what's going on. There's spells flying. He finally gets a hold of his glasses, gets them on his face, so now he can see this fat, short man with frightening, bright, slitted red eyes. Neville, Ernie, and Justin and Zacharias jump out of bed. Run, yells Harry. Justin flees. So apparently this possession... Works a little differently because um, Peter doesn't have Voldemort on the back of his head. He nope. just has the Voldemort eyes. Mm-hmm. Voldemort's I was kind picturing of the little uh, rat form with a Voldemort on the back of its head. <laughs> now there's fan art. <laughs> but and, and fortunately, Professor Sprout shows up and tells him to pick on someone his own size mm-hmm. and uh, slams him into a wall. Yep. And oh, and this is so sad because he's throwing AKs everywhere. And at this point, now he's really mad, so he's going to kill them all. And he aims at Neville, and there's nothing Neville can do. And Trevor jumps in front of Neville and takes the AK for Neville. Trevor's a hero. Hero Toad. It's it's sad, but all I could picture was like some kind of like slow motion thing where they jump in front of the bullet and it's like, Mm -hmm. it's all slowed down and you just rip it. Yeah, I know. Trevor. Then that's when. Plop. Is it, doesn't it say? Yeah. What it, is, what is the word? Poor Trevor. He does yes, say something about plop a plop. Of yeah, the plop. small shape landing by his head. Mm. Poor Trevor. And Voldemort is just firing spells every which way at this point. And then Professor Sprout slams him into a wall. Mm-hmm. And he says, his hair was wiry, although combed. And despite his dark and sleek clothing, it made him look more like Uncle Vernon attending a funeral than an intimidating wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Peter. It doesn't quite work out. But there's enough light that she can recognize this is Peter Pettigrew, Mm -hmm. who's supposed to have been dead for 10 years. Yeah. And he lets forth with, I think, fiend fire, or at least a fire. it's, It's just a blast of force, basically, that shoves everybody backwards. Mm, yeah, but then there's fire. Fire mm-hmm. erupted from his wand as a harsh series of hisses come forth from his mouth. Sprout yells, boys, behind me! Yeah, and she and they... conjures up a dome that absorbs it for them. Mm-hmm. And then he turns into a rat and runs away. Yeah. So Sprout's continuing to battle the flames, and the rat gets out the hole. And here comes Severus and Dumbledore. They yank them out into the common room. Mm -hmm. And Neville's kneeling quietly beside Cedric. Holding Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Harry's still holding Trevor, actually. So he passes him over to Neville. And then we skip to his little burial ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. 
They bury him behind Hagrid's hut. Which is a good place. The little gravestone that says, Here lies Trevor the Toad, the unexpected hero. Yeah. Poor Trevor. He was only a year old. Well, that's how long <clears throat> that's how long Neville had him. Mm. He doesn't really know how old he is. <laughs> it says that in the author's note. The, the dates on the gravestone mark how long Trevor has been Neville's familiar, because he doesn't know when Trevor hatched. Yeah. And then we move on. On to part 20, which is called Motive. Service is like, so he's going back to the Dursleys? Why? (laughs) And Dumbledore says he's not going to be there all summer, but we need to refresh the wards. And Snape's like, this is a bad idea. So, what, three weeks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they need time to make appropriate arrangements and stuff. And Dumbledore has some ideas on where he's going to stay. Mrs. Longbottom doesn't particularly want Harry at her house because she doesn't want any more dealings with Voldemort for her grandson. So that's going to be out of the question. Yeah. So they're going to have to work on that as they go. I'm sure the two of them will get back together at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's not going to go to the Longbottoms this summer anyway. And they have at least managed to begin an investigation at the ministry. Mm-hmm. There's been pressure to question Sirius under Veritas Serum. Yeah. And Severus says, then you believe Black is innocent of all counts now, as he implants surprise and confusion into his voice because he knows he is innocent. Yeah. He's not supposed to know that. No. Uh, as well, we saw the pensive memories from yesterday, and there was Peter Pettigrew, or... And mm-hmm. sort of goes, hmm, rat form, huh? Didn't that Weasley boy lose a rat? Hmm. Right before Quirrell. <laughs> Double yeah. hug. Hmm, I need to go call on the Weasleys. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, of course, Severus was much more subtle about it than I was, but, you know, mm. yeah, that's well. the basic idea. And so we have a conversation between Harry and Neville about this whole thing, and... Draco also wants to set stuff up so they can visit. He figures he can get his father to set up flu in um, the Dursley's place. And uh, Harry's going, I'm not sure that's a great idea. You know, <laughs> they really don't like magic. So Yeah, that sort would of, not be a good thing. If only he could have uh, told Arthur that in the first timeline. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So they didn't show up in the fourth book. That way. But yeah. So, well, you could take the night bus mm-hmm. and we will be corresponding regularly because they're not going to stop you having your owl. Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah. says, well, I think anything I do in my room should be fine. So I'll owl you when I get there. Mm-hmm. And then we have Sirius being taken out of his cell. And after a brief moment of confusion there, there's the new headline, Sirius Black cleared of all charges. Yay! And he's on extended bed rest. Yeah. He's got some recovering to do. Yeah, I thought that was interesting how they um, go through that Sirius, like, when he didn't escape, he has to go through this sort of recovery, controlled recovery process. And I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe it will help in the long run because we know that in canon, Sirius wasn't all there mentally he in some the cases. Most stable person. Yes, there we go. That's yeah, a better it does. way to say it. Makes sense. So we'll see if that changes things. And Severus uh, is exceedingly grateful that Albus had listened to all of his suggestions. 
and he's hoping that the oldest Weasley will become a help, helpful ally. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. like this part that's coming up. So Bill Weasley is now heading for Hogwarts. He's, you know, going into the Great Hall. Because and nobody's he's told him why. He's been requested, but, yeah, he doesn't quite know why. Um, mm-hmm. And all uh, McGonagall has said so far is that one of the the teachers had requested him. Well, actually, it says Severus was quite adamant in sending for you. I do yeah. wonder what he believes you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And Bill nearly falls over. <laughs> what? Yeah, but he didn't know that to start with. He knew that at least one professor had, because mm-hmm. um, he'd been recommended by name, but they hadn't told him it was Snape. Snape. <laughs> This makes no sense. Yeah. He's like, I'm being punked here. Wait a minute. What's going on? Yep. And so. Then so, he goes in and Dumbledore confirms that's what happened. He's like, well, uh, thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> what are we actually doing? Did, nobody told me. And there's a, a certain pesky little curse that's uh, messing with one of the teaching positions mm-hmm. they'd really like to get rid of. <laughs> yes. And since, since we're, you know doing all this stuff with the wards this summer and everything, we thought you would be a perfect person to bring in. And so they're getting rid of the curse. I love this. I think this is a great, a great idea here. So, and then we jump to poor Harry, who's trying to get to the library. You know, there's not much for him to do. And he's allowed to be gone for no more than an hour. And the library is a 25-mile walk or 25-minute walk one way. So... (laughs) 25 mile 25 mile walk. They go in. They go later. About how they say like, "Oh, it's over a mile away." Like as the as the Dursleys make him walk, and it was 25 miles away. (laughs) 25 (laughs) minutes, and so he's got 10 minutes to find the books that he's looking for. He's not doing a very good job, but he's still looking for anatomy books. And there's kidnappings happening almost every day. Eight kids have been taken. Eight Muggle kids. Yeah. And, he, and they don't recognize, Harry's kind of wondering if there's anything, that, if there's wizards involved, but he doesn't see how. Mm-hmm. But then we hear on the news that Dennis Creevy has been taken. Yeah. And Harry, of course, doesn't know that anything because Colin hasn't shown up at school yet, so he doesn't mm-hmm. recognize the name. Oh, right. But we shift to Madame Bones and Kingsley has noticed that these are all muggle-born children from the list that are between five and nine. So yeah. they haven't been contacted for Hogwarts yet, but they're all muggle-borns, which means somebody has gotten into the, the archive that has the, the list of magical children. Right, and he's checked into it, and what he's found is that where a name should be, because if you get in there, you have to sign in, there's no name. Someone's confounded the book, and so... But they do know the date, and the date is June 20th, two days before the first child was kidnapped. So they're figuring out that somebody is has gotten in there and is kidnapping these muggle, muggle-born children. Yeah, and they viewed 30 files, so they could go as, as many as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she's going to let Dumbledore know, and she wants Kingsley to check the other logbooks and see if any of them have been confunded as well. Yeah, and it turns out that the only other classified file that has been viewed was the one on Harry Potter. Of course. He's going to head over there right away to see if anything's going on. And, of course, this is right when Harry decides he's going to head out to the library. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yep. He goes over there and he's picked up another anatomy book because he's reading all the stuff he can learn about being a doctor. Then he heads back through an alleyway to take a bit of a shortcut back to the Dursleys and... Crack! Somebody grabs him. Yep. He's surrounded by werewolves. Yanked by a porky and he's, yeah, surrounded by werewolves and it's gray back. And Voldemort comes in, of course, and Voldemort says, Bring him to me, Greyback. And Greyback's like, You said I got to play with him first. And Voldemort's like, Okay. And Harry's like, I'm going to get out of here now. So he gets his... Fortunately, he's still wearing his emergency port key from yep. Dumbledore. And so now he and Greyback have been port keyed into Dumbledore's office. Mm-hmm. But he still has a large angry werewolf holding on to him. And... uh yeah. He's- and Carl. She attacks. This is the best. She just flies up and she bites him on the nose. <laughs> Her small mm-hmm. fangs. Don't touch my Harry. Yeah. You know, if you're going to have a snake, you want one that really likes you. Mm-hmm. It's going to defend you. Yes. So. If that's not enough to slow Gray back down just yet. It takes a little while for her venom to work. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, basically sitting on top of Harry, try, trying to strangle him. And Harry just releases all his magic to try and get him to get off. Yeah. And he flies across the room and knocks into, actually breaks the headmaster's desk in half. Mm-hmm. But Even that's not enough to actually to knock him out. Yeah, now at this point, Greybox really mad, and he's going to just eat Harry. I will devour you. And he leaps and is knocked off course by a spell from Dumbledore, who has fortunately shown up at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some fun onomatopoeias in here. <laughs> it sounds like he knocked him into him with a frying pan or something. Boing and crack. Yeah, and he's flung into a bookcase, and this time he doesn't get up. So, of course, this reminded me of the Aurors fight, where Mm -hmm. we fought the 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 werewolf in the room with the bookcase. With the bookcase, yes. And Ryan slammed him into the desk. So, yeah, I was transported back to that. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, the plumbing is still good at Hogwarts. It is not flooding the basement. So, and no one tried to stab him with an earring. That's true. Well. It's just Harry, and he's not wearing his earring now, so I guess that wasn't a, yep. a thing. And we've never actually seen in canon whether silver has any effect on Harry Potter werewolves or not. It seems to me that I just heard that Joe said it doesn't. I thought that's funny because I feel like everybody was waiting for the other shoe to drop when Peter got his silver hand. Yeah, I know. Like, for however long that was, like... The, uh, Everybody was sure that Peter was going to like, kill Remus. Oh my God, he's going to kill Remus with his silver hand. Yep. Be like, yep the that last was one of the big theories for a while. Final showdown. Nothing. And Peter just died in the basement. Yeah. He didn't even die in the movies. In the movies, he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as how in uh, there was a theory about Neville was going to kill, kill Bellatrix and mm-hmm. so on. Nope. There's a great song that's about not that. Even, but that's not even like a Chekhov's silver hand thing. Like I just That's true, yeah. <laughs> silver hand, come on. Yeah. I just thought of that. Gotta kill Neville. Or gotta kill Remus. <laughs> that's not right. 
No. So I, I think it's a Pottermore thing. I wouldn't swear no, to it, but I, I think I heard it. I'll buy it since considering that we never heard anything about it. And we never had Remus never showed any problems with silver. He was eating with silverware. Mm-hmm. Except in all the fix where he doesn't eat with silverware. And it's like they have the nice old silverware at Grimmauld Place. And Remus <laughs> has the plastic utensils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. And he only ever pays for things in galleons and knuts because he can't handle the sickles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he doesn't probably have too many galleons. And this is true as well. Poor Remus. I mean. (laughs) So Albus is fighting down rage because he can tell that Harry's been hurt, but he finds out that it's just a few scratches. And he wants to know where Harry was taken. Tell me everything. And Harry says, they took me to Voldemort. We were in a large room, a chamber. There were others, werewolves. I felt them. And then Madame Pumphrey comes in. What happened? And so... He says that he had been to see Madame Bones and he was just returning when he was notified of the port key activating. So he rushed in to find Greyback trying to kill Harry. Which is a surprise. Something you don't expect to see every day. Yeah. Yeah. And Severus says, he's dead. And Alvis like, I didn't cast any lethal spells. And Snape says, well, I think Coral bit him. (laughs) Yeah, that was Coral. That was Coral. It took a little bit of time, but, and Harry's like, oh, she didn't mean it. And it's like, don't worry, Harry, she was saving your life. You, She will not get in trouble for this. You know, if they get a tooth thrower in Azkaban. Yeah. No, they'll chop off her head yeah, like they, they were going to do with uh, oh, yeah. Buckbeak. Buckbeak. Her mm, little head. Aww. Oh, no, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. It did not happen. No. It. So they take him off to then. For Marie, and we switch to Nicholas and his wife who are coming in, and Albus has arranged for Harry to go stay with them. It should be nice. Yeah. That's a, a, a fun twist. It is a kind of a fun mm-hmm. idea. Since we don't we get to meet the Flamels very often. Mm-hmm. I know, because they're, they're always just, dead. They, yeah, they die quietly. I like this Flamels that don't die quietly here. And that's kind of cool. And we actually get a lot more interesting things with them, although we don't see very much in this little section. Mm-mm. That comes in probably next week or the one after. We'll see how far we get. Mm-hmm. But So Harry is in his, you know, favorite place, the hospital. Absolutely. Spends a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. He's got Coral sleeping soundly wrapped around his healed wrist, because I think Greyback broke his wrist. Yeah. And... He says that the headmaster's gone to make the final arrangements about where you're staying, and Harry wants to know where that's going to be. But he's... Snape doesn't know. Yeah. Told that he's not going to go to the Dursleys anymore. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Snape says, it's clear the Dursleys do not provide the care and safety you need and deserve. They will be hearing from me in the near future. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't their fault. Yeah, but... Isn't the library over a mile away? Yes. And why were you walking? Because it's a way to get away from the Dursleys for a while. (laughs) And he correctly deduces that Harry feels he should have been able to do more. And Snape is going, you're 12. He's a full-grown werewolf who has taken down many much larger and more experienced wizards before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's nothing more that you should have been able to do. 
and at least you did activate the port key and you managed to throw him off of you, which is not nothing. Right. Yeah. Most adults wouldn't even have been able to react intelligently and you kept your head. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, he was so strong. I just, I couldn't deal with him. And Snape says, you will be stronger. You're going to get stronger. You're a powerful wizard and you have determination and compassion. Never forget those are your strongest qualities. And, of course, Dumbledore comes in behind him and says, Severus is right, my boy. And Harry goes, well, oh, it's Dumbledore. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And he's come to speak to him as well. He wants to get his memory of this whole thing since he can show it to some people and maybe figure out where they had taken him before he escaped. Yep. So Dumbledore encourages him to think about it and then takes the memory out of his temple. And he's like, ooh. Sort of a weird feeling, but Mm -hmm. neat anyway. And they also, they let him know that he is actually this slumbering mage, which Mm -hmm. they are the only two that had known about before. That in this version of the universe, there are a few unique categories of wizards that are stronger than others, like sorcerers, warlocks, and mages. And Dumbledore apparently is a warlock. And we discover, I believe, at the end of this chapter that um, uh, Nicholas Flamel is a sorcerer and Harry is a mage. Uh, oh, we've got the, the trio going here. I like mm-hmm. that she makes use of the term warlock, like that she actually makes that something. Mm-hmm. Since, I mean, that's part of Dumbledore's... Um, like, yeah. list of titles. And right. Chief Warlock of the Wizarding Lot. Yeah, and it, it doesn't really explain in the canon what that means. It's not likely to be anything like this, but at least she made it something. Yes. And she's using the making the Sorcerer's Stone make sense. Because <laughs> the Philosopher's Stone was a thing that existed already, and so right. she's decided, if we're going to call it the Sorcerer's Stone, then Nicholas Flamel must be a sorcerer. Yeah, that, I like that too. That works. Yeah. I just like when people take things that are just like a... I don't want to say that don't make sense because it makes sense without being explained in the canon. But yeah, like, they're, they're an arbitrary throwaway term. lines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, bring them in line with whatever they're doing. Right. And especially in the case of the sorcerer, that is something that really did not make sense or was not explained very well. Mm -hmm. Because obviously we all know that it was originally Philosopher's Stone and that they changed it for the U.S. edition of the books. Yeah, it was a publisher decision, not a random decision. Yeah, Yeah, making up a random term, which doesn't exist in the world. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that guy lost track of that. That got away from me. <laughs> That's all right. We understand what you're getting at. Yes. And so Harry wants to know if he's also a warlock. And they say, no, you're what's called a slumbering mage. Or if you're listening on my text reader, a mag. Like, <laughs> what in the heck is a mag? Oh, I got it. Yep. And because there are apparently, there are regular mages that just have a lot of extra power from the start. There are slumbering mages, which start out as basically normal wizards and might just remain that way, but can awaken. And then there are awakened mages that are factors above the just regular mages. Mm-hmm. So, because the whole process of 
having been slumbering, their analogy in here is like it's as if your magic has little wrist and ankle weights on it the whole time. And then when those come off, it's like, wow, it's so much easier to do things now. (laughs) Yeah. And Harry's been showing some signs that he's going to awaken because he has unprecedented control of his magic for his age and he can, you know, pull back on his accidental magic outbursts, which not very many kids can do. Yes. And then Dumbledore says, now I'd like, would you like to meet the caretakers? Do you want to meet them now or after you've rested? Because I've made the final arrangements of where you're staying. And and Harry says, now please, because he wants to meet who's going to replace the Dursleys. And and it's Nicholas and Perrinelle Flamel, mm-hmm. who are apparently in about their 50s, even though they're you know, 600 and some. <laughs> and Harry can't help but fidget. He's going to stay with the Flamels? Really? And he's real shy. Yeah. And Nicholas bows to Coral and greets her individually, and um, she's fairly impressed. Yes. That was sweet. And my brain isn't sure whether or not to imagine them with French accents, because he was (laughs) French originally, but it's been 600 years, so who knows? (laughs) And you don't know. I mean, I guess... They, everybody knows who they are, so it's not like they have to, like, take up different identities every mm-hmm. 50 years. Yeah, well, they might. It depends on how they're hiding and such. Right. But mm-hmm. in this case, it looks like they've got their own little area that they live in, and they just mostly stay there, so they don't have to, you know, Interact disguise themselves from the muggles in other ways. Yeah, yeah they use Google and um, have all their food and everything delivered to them. They don't ever have to leave. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I I can see them as just, you know, being in this great huge compound that we're going to find out about in a little bit and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and nobody ever sees them. They're so. basically like shut-ins. Mm. Well, they can move <laughs> freely in the wizarding world. Yeah, yeah. So they don't need I'm to I'm just see. thinking, like, if anybody, like, knows about this house, like, Mm-hmm. People that don't come out, it's like, um... Well, I'm sure it's, you know, hidden very well magically. Yeah. I'm guessing they probably do have a muggle identity for these 50-year-old versions of themselves. And if they want to go out in the muggle world, they can, but they don't usually need too much. Mm-hmm. And they're apparently not very well known in the wizarding world either, or just don't make much of themselves. But, you know, they can do what they need to do. And they've got a pretty nice estate, it seems. So, yeah. Well, I'm sure that obviously living to 600 is unusual in the wizarding world, but living longer than Muggles is not unusual. So I feel like it may be easier to blend in in the wizarding world, right? Because they can just sort of. And I mean, they don't do uh, wizards like, don't have IDs secret. for things. They're in books. So they're, I mean, they're they can in just books go as, to. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so they can just go to um, the Leaky Cauldron or some other magical district in France or whatever, and buy whatever they want. And as long as long as people don't have like pictures of the way they look right now, they're not going to get mobbed because mm-hmm. they don't need to identify themselves anywhere except the bank. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing with Harry is that everybody knew what he was supposed to look like. He was going to have dark yeah. hair and the scar, and so they're like, "Oh, look, that's Harry Potter." <gasps> Oh, no, it's Harry Potter. Whereas if, um, unless they have, like, 
portraits in the books of what Nicholas and Perenelle look like now, having used the Philosopher's Stone. Um, nobody will necessarily recognize them unless they already know who they are. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about, you know. And fame is different in the Wizarding World, because I would imagine that Dumbledore is famous, and Fudge is famous, and probably even Lucius is famous, or somewhat famous, at least in his own mind. In certain circles, anyway. Yeah, Yeah. in a different way, maybe, though, because it's like, I'm trying to think, I can't think of a good example, but it's like, I'm not sure that, like, I expect somebody like Lucius to, you know, get mobbed when he goes out, or to... No, because he would just look at you with that disdainful look. Right, well, I mean, Lucius would not tolerate it, but... Like, I don't mm-hmm. expect that, you know, I mean, he's not really the same sort of celebrity yeah. as, say, Harry. Mm-hmm. Which, again, well, people, you know, I mean, we yeah. all know that, that Harry doesn't like that and that it doesn't make much sense, but... Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Lucius would be one of those people who, uh, in in the muggle world, the effect would be if he's, you know, going around with... Uh, five large bodyguards and suits yes. with earpieces, mm-hmm. except uh-huh. for Lucius, it's just his magical presence and their awareness of uh, how good a wizard he is is going to make people treat him that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to go up and bother him unless you have something you actually need to say to this man. Uh, <laughs> yes, bother. or you will regret bother, it. Bother, 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 bother. <laughs> <laughs> That's I know. Let's go bother Malfoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can tell you right now that is not that would not <laughs> the first bother when Lucius would get the Avada Kedavra. <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, they're getting ready to look in the pensive and see Harry's memories of the abduction. Mm-hmm. So, and so they witness all the things that we have witnessed previously, and they notice the missing Muggleborns. Huddled mm-hmm. in the corner. Yeah. And they do actually manage to notice a few things, I think, about where it was. But mostly they're just shocked by this whole um, confrontation between Harry and Greyback because he really did have holding him off long enough to, mm-hmm. for Dumbledore to show up, even though he wasn't going to last much longer than that. And he uh, he loses his library book, which will come up later. I know, poor Harry. That I have to say that I noticed, like, when Harry drops his book, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope he's not, he's not getting that back, is he? He's not getting that back. Because <laughs> these are the things I think about, because when you because are like me, You would not lose a library book. I know, I would not, like, ugh, losing a library book is, like, the worst thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did that. I didn't lose it. I dropped it in a creek <gasps> and destroyed Jeez. it. And so I ended up having to pay for it. Which was cool because I got to have the book and it was a book I liked and read several times. So it worked out. But I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. I've only just in this last year or so been okay with having fines come up on my library books because I need to have them for the extra two days. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I can afford to pay, you know, the 75 cents over three different books. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I always try and send them back when they're on time. It just sometimes they, the extra renewals aren't quite long enough. Honestly, I kind of have reached the point where I would avoid that just because it's a pain to actually go in and not just drop the book in. But if you have to pay, you have to go in. This is true. Yeah, I still have to go and pay that 
I'm, it's sitting on my account at the moment, but I'm sure I can <laughs> handle it. Uh, 75 cents there? Yeah. Yeah. And then after we've viewed that memory, and Severus's most enduring thing about it is how angry Dumbledore was when he came in. It can get pretty scary when he gets angry. Mm -hmm. Then we shift to where Sirius is recovering and Remus has come to visit him. And he hasn't told him that Snape's around yet. He's going to wait a little while for that. (laughs) You know, he's mentioned that Harry's been working with the potions master at Hogwarts. He's just not saying who precisely that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen Harry? Well, yeah. A little bit. I'm teaching him defense. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, I'm not a werewolf anymore. (laughs) Uh, what? Because Harry managed to find out how to cure lycanthropy with his parcel magic that he has because he's a parcel Mm -hmm. (laughs) mode. Poor Sirius isn't getting all this stuff on him. Yeah. And he's like, I want to see. I wish I could have seen it. And he's like, well, there's always a pensive. Yeah. And there's lots of different conversations in this chapter, actually. Mm-hmm. And we shift to Severus has gone to meet Lucius. Or no, actually, he he's just in his quarters, and Lucius comes to meet him. Uh, he's, or wait. No, he's going uh, to Lucius. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the previous chapter. That was the chapter. previous chapter, I had to yeah. reread that today. But yeah, he's going to visit Lucius because um, he's come up with an idea to uh, rid them of their troublesome obligation to mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Yes. And he's he wants to take the diary, and he also wants to do some other things that we don't get to hear about quite yet. And he yeah, manages he, to... He, he's basically feeling Lucius out to see whether he will side with him or betray him to Voldemort. Right. And he pretty much gets Lucius to side with him. Yeah. Lucius at least wants to know what he's proposing, and we don't mm-hmm. get to hear what that is, but I'm sure we'll find out eventually. And then we shift back to Harry, and he's having a great time. The Flamel's home is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's this nice little cottage. It's it's not like a castle or anything, but it's got four bedrooms and four bathrooms and offices and a kitchen and a dining room. And he gets his own room that has all sorts of great stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And he's just not going to... him happy. You know, like... Yeah. yeah. Just, and, it's, and it's kind of weird because... You know, all the fix is basically um, whoever adopts Harry's, like, well, I almost said a canon character. I mean, these are canon characters, but, mm-hmm. like, somebody that we know. Right. And this is completely new, and Harry doesn't even know them. I think I mean, he's I think he's adjusting a little quickly because they're complete strangers. But um, but he's it's not, it's not, it's not you know, like, something that really threw me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like Harry has... Uh, propensity to do that like he was yeah happy to I kind of meet ron and make friends with him and then he's going to be friends with all his friends mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of the same sort of thing and this i is, think he this is somewhere he can go that isn't the dursleys and feels they safe. to be a nice couple and yeah he's not at the dursley so that's going to make him have a bounce in his step just to start with and he's just had this terrible experience with grayback so being somewhere that he perceives as safe and is also away from the Dursleys is uh, even better, you know, spring to the step. Yeah. So I can see him, but it, it is kind of, I could see him wanting to feel his way a little bit as well. I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. 
So, but it, I mean, it works. Like I said, it wasn't enough that it threw me out, but it, it works well enough. Mm-hmm. I just thought I would mention it. it. It is much, but it's better to see him happy, and they are a good fit. Right. I think, um, like, there are so many, you know, different, you know, different characters adopting Harry Fix, and if it's people that he knows really well, they're a great fit. And I, this, they are, the Flamels are also a wonderful fit for being complete strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll find out more about that soon. So I'm excited to find out more about the Flamels. Mm-hmm. Me too. And they, they are underused characters. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed their presence in the fic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember vaguely from the last time I read this that a lot of other cool stuff happens with them, but I don't remember what any of it is. So <laughs> it's nice to look forward to. <laughs> yes. So then we. Although moved- we do know that. As was mentioned earlier in these chapters, they have Norberto. So he gets to go out and meet her in a little bit after, you know, he's slept and had breakfast and mm-hmm. it's another day. But uh, that's kind of fun. But first we shift back to the Aurors who have traced where the werewolves were gathered. and Nobody's there anymore, but they do find the imprint of a large cauldron in one of the rooms, which is mm-hmm. pretty ominous. Merlin, why would they need one this large? And Bones says, nothing good comes to mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Pomona is having tea with Sybil, trying to convince her to take a vacation because she hasn't left Hogwarts since she became a professor. Mm-hmm. And she has a vision. Yes. It's basically the equivalent of Harry's during his third year exam because everything is moving a lot more quickly in this story because we're uh-huh. skipping over basically everything that happened in second and third year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Dark Lord will is going to take and use the blood of his first enemy and become stronger and more terrible than he ever was. And Pomona heads off to tell some people about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone should. Yeah. Considering Harry just kind of rolled rolled with She's being weird again. Yep, Jelani's weird. I'm leaving. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Harry Harry didn't communicate much in canon. He would have changed so much if he had learned to communicate. I know. Well, occasionally he tried to tell things to Ron and Hermione, but every time he tried it failed. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like mm-hmm. I've had this conversation before. I don't know if we just just did this last week, but it's like he tries to tell about Sirius, and he doesn't think it went over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Snape is trying to keep his cover, so he doesn't really say anything. I know. But they haven't organized a set of signals beforehand. <laughs> so. And he doesn't think he's believed or heard or whatever, so he continues on with his crazy plan that ends up getting Sirius killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Snape is like, yeah, I got it. I got the order, the order, to, order to show up, didn't I? I? <laughs> but I got your message. Sirius never left. <laughs> Dumbass. If you just trusted me. Yeah. No, I don't trust Snape. I don't trust Snape at all. <laughs> this is where the um, uh, instant messaging at Hogwarts things usually come in. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, serious? Are you okay? Yeah, fine. I'm just up cleaning Buckbeak. What's the problem? Oh, I had a weird vision. Yeah, I'm still here. No problems. <laughs> oh, but then we wouldn't have the wonderful scene. Mm-hmm. What wonderful scene? At the at the ministry where they break all the prophecies and run and 
and Ron gets attacked by brains and Luna uh, plays in the planets. Yeah, that's yeah. a great scene. But Sirius dying is not a great scene. No, Sirius is not a great scene. That's true. We we don't want to, that to happen. I kind of wonder what would have happened if they didn't. Like, if are the Death Eaters just going to show up and hang out for a while? Will Voldemort actually come and pick up the prophecy himself? Does he still get spotted by anybody, or do they just go in and now he's got the prophecy? Or that's a good uh, I don't question know. because. They said, is it definitely true that whoever is in the prophecy can touch it? So that Voldemort could have touched it? Mm-hmm. So but I don't think Voldemort wanted to show himself. I don't think he was planning on being there. It was just when things went to heck that he showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that might be the case. So they, so the they just would have had like, unspeakables wandering through. Why, Lord Malfoy, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> Well, see, that actually would have been interesting because if that had happened, then they would not have, presumably they would not have obtained the prophecy. They had to come up with some other way. But um, also Voldemort would not have been publicly known to be back. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering why did he show up in the first place? Did he know that Harry had come or did he just figure this is going to work? Because he did show up when once Bellatrix was running off to the atrium. Did she signal him or was he just going to come in later anyway? Uh Yeah, she must have signaled him and he came. I, I think she signaled him and he came knowing that Harry was there. And hoping to get to Harry, not realizing that Dumbledore was going to be there. He still wants to kill Harry. So he he has got Harry out of the school. Mm -hmm. And that was his main objective. So I assume that he tried. Because, let me take a second, because I've actually got it right here. Bellatrix, when he comes, he says... I tried, I sh- uh, she said, I tried, I tried, do not punish me, as though this was part of the plan. Mm, well, maybe. Then he was planning on coming so the whole time. Was. Yeah. So that would be interesting, too. Like, the, the Death Eaters just sort of wait there for half an hour, and then Voldemort shows up, and it's like, yeah. what, nobody? Nothing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Show up and take the prophecy and know yeah. the whole prophecy, which would change anything or nothing i mean how would yeah who knows i mean i think it's almost too late to change his plan at this Mm -hmm. point because he's already marked harry right the only thing he would know is that i i believe that the line that he missed is neither can live while the other survives right Mm -hmm. yeah where is it i I missed the mark him as his equal too but that's happened okay so so he would have all that he heard was the seventh as the the seventh month dies um yeah yeah. whatever whatever. mike had trouble with this Mm -hmm. either can die what what is it either neither can live neither can live while the other survives so the the one the line before that either must die at the hand of the other is it either either must die at the hand of the other for neither can live while the other survives yeah i think you're right which obviously means that Voldemort has to kill Neville. Or that Harry... <laughs> that Neville's going to kill Harry. <laughs> oh, dear. Whatever. Yeah, or something like that. I think, I think he was reading it as though the other was a third person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That neither or there's can live the... while the other survives. 
either must die at the hand of the other, so neither can live while the other survives. Well, I think Mike's... There's the interpretation that Harry is, like, immortal now, because now that he's killed Voldemort, no one can kill him. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think Mike's big thing was, what do you mean that neither can, you know, can survive? Because they're both surviving right now. Right. Yeah. You know? They're already surviving. Leave each other alone. You guys will be fine. <laughs> so I think I've seen Voldemort... that fic where Voldemort takes Harry and locks him away somewhere so he can't come out and kill him and just goes off and does his own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that, well, another thing is he doesn't really try anything for a year. He doesn't try to kill him for a year. Right. So I wonder if maybe he would step things up if he found out that all he had to do is kill Harry. Yeah, so he wasn't sure if there was anything else in the prophecy. Mm-hmm. But of course, I mean, I think the, the 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 cog obviously it really doesn't matter if he keeps trying to kill Harry because of the Horcrux, yeah. because Harry's not going to die. Right, but he doesn't know that. I know what I'm what, what I'm saying is like suppose this AU we're making it up where Voldemort got the prophecy and Sirius is still alive. You know, even if Voldemort comes and tries to kill Harry, obviously Harry's not going to die because of the Horcrux. But then Voldemort is probably going to realize that. Mm-hmm. So then he's going to go make it change his horcruxes to be, you know, soda cans and all kinds of trash and throw them in the ocean. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what has happened in the uh, methods of rationality. He's got hundreds of horcruxes and they're, they're everywhere. And it seems like one of them is like the moon or something like that. Some terrible thing that you can't destroy. <laughs> Harry destroyed the moon! Oh, no, no, no. He sent it off in a rocket ship. So it's somewhere in outer space and only, you know, nobody knows where. So there's no way you can destroy yeah. it kind of a thing. Yeah, I've I've seen that on like a Tumblr post too. Is it? I made, I made my Horcrux out of something that was very precious to me, a galleon. Then I spent it. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one knows where it is. But, yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like having hundreds of Horcruxes is kind of approaching the limits of magic. Yeah, like, you you can't right. divide your soul that many times. He'd right. be like a little worm, snake worm thing or something. <laughs> I don't know. Right, he wouldn't, I don't think, I, I was joking with the Horcrux stuff. He'd probably just hide Nagini or whatever. Yeah. The, the, the last one. Who knows? Well, that's not anyway, how it happened. I, I just killed the podcast. <laughs> yeah. no, well, a, we'll just move to the next chapter. A U tangent thing. It's just not where this one goes. We are in part twenty-two, and he's heading out. Harry's heading outside at the Flamels, and it's really quite nice. And then, but he's had a weird dream, and he can't remember it because Voldemort's been doing something, but he doesn't know know that about his dreams yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's making him nervous because he feels like there's something he should remember in this dream. Yeah. But first, Nicholas wants to take him out to see Norberta. And she's been quite anxious to see him again because he's a person that can talk to her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and the, the uh, dragons in this version are kind of like very large dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen ones where they are actually intelligent and are rather shocked that someone can actually say anything that they can understand. Right, because we're the dummies. Yeah. So, but Nicholas feels that dragons are very intelligent, and so he and Norbert are getting along very well. Yes, like they can understand what people say to them, they just can't say anything back. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But with Harry, he can talk to her. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And she, yeah, and she rumbles at him and uh, mm-hmm. nudges him with her head. And uh, and they talk about how things are going at school. And Professor Lupin's going to be able to keep teaching defense because they've broken that curse now. Yep. So that's handy. And he, Yay, Bill. <laughs> Nicholas almost wound up in the defense position at one point, but Perenal forbid it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't want anything to happen to him. Yeah. And it turns out that the last time he had a student was the last slumbering mage who ended up mm-hmm. being killed. Um, right. And so he's going to try again with Harry. But Albus didn't tell him that Harry was a slumbering mage until after they'd already agreed to have him come stay there. So that's not mm-hmm. why. Right. And this is where we find out that Nicholas is a sorcerer. Because mm-hmm. Harry's all excited. So you're a mage too. No, I'm a sorcerer. And then we and go. We don't quite know what that means. Apparently, warlocks are better able to. They have some a little bit more power, and their spells are better at transfiguration and combining things with alchemy and things like that. So it worked out well for Dumbledore, but uh, can also easily be used for dark ends, which is why warlocks are somewhat distrusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we shift off to Neville, which is where Sue was trying to take us. <laughs> And Neville's mad, because his grandmother will not let Harry come visit. Meh. <laughs> and, he, and he's yeah. poor Neville, because Gran's, I'm sorry, a witch with a capital B. Yes. And so he's mm. feeling like she doesn't think Neville's good enough to be Harry's friend, you know? Yeah, and, that's how he interprets everything at this point. Mm-hmm. And But then he thinks about it, and he's like, you know, Harry's my first friend, and he's always going to be my friend, and she can't make him, you know, rethink my friendship. So, yeah. and he's not going to give up on his friendship. No. And, and then we shift back to Snape's point of view, and he's going over this prophecy that Pomona has told everyone about, mm-hmm. and he realizes... Oh, I never checked the little Hangleton graveyard. I should have done that. Should have done that. Yeah. And meanwhile, there has been a break-in at the St. Mungo's blood bank, and a bunch of angry werewolves came in and smashed the place up because this is where they were keeping the blood for the the werewolf vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only vial that's actually missing is Albus Dumbledore's. Dumbledore's. Of course it is. And when Snape gets to the graveyard, the coffin is empty. The body's gone, so the bone of the father has already been gathered. And we have more scenes with Albus and Madame Bones looking over this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then there is a moment where Draco overhears his parents talking. and And Lucius is talking about how Snape has visited... He's pretty sure the Dark Lord is moving, and they should be ready to leave the country at a moment's notice. Right. So they've got some precautions set up. And Draco doesn't really know what to do about this. It gives him some things to think over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lucius apologizes to Narcissa. I should never have gotten our family into this. I should have chosen differently. We're purebloods, and I should have, you know, been more honorable. Which is kind of interesting. You don't see Lucius in this uh, frame of mind this early. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's it's kind of good that um, Severus has managed to nudge him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Otherwise, you'd likely get locked into something else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And And then we have a a scene between Minerva and Severus and Dumbledore where he kind of figures out what this ritual is going to be and lets them know. And Mm -hmm. um, they realize that the dark mark is becoming much more visible again. And he's going to have to go. Yeah. He's going to have to go and... And that's where we end the chapter, is him being summoned to the circle. Yep. I'll return as quick as I can. And they figure that um, the blood being stolen by the werewolves counts as being forcibly taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this it wasn't is directly works. from Dumbledore. Yeah. The, the, so. There's question, or answers concerning questions that the author has got, so... Mm-hmm. And yeah, and because partly because it's Dumbledore's warlock blood and not Harry's at this point normal blood, um, Voldemort has gotten back closer to his original appearance. He has actual hair and a nose and such mm-hmm. because um, Dumbledore's magic was able to sense what he would kind of what his self image was and use it that way instead. Right. Which is interesting because I always kind of wondered why he was all, you know, white and snaky. And I thought maybe that was his self-image. That's right. kind of always the impression that I got from the canon. I thought it was just a consequence of the ritual because they had to use a lot of snake venom and things in the the original That's um, an broth. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this case, he looks more like a very tall Tom Riddle with the creepy red eyes. Um, yes, because we have to have the creepy red eyes. Which makes me wonder what he looked like before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not sure we... The latest in-time description that we get is when he comes to get the dark arts job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess... He, we uh, it does always say he assume. looks like he's partly melted or something like that. Yeah. I have that in mind. I assume that's how he... I mean, uh, similar to how he would have looked... In the 1970s. Not even mm-hmm. sure when he came. Oh, so when it was, it was, Albus was newly headmaster, was mm-hmm. when he came. So 50-something. Yeah, because Ben, because uh, Dippet didn't like let him take the position, so he was hoping Dumbledore would. Right. Which was kind of stupid, because. Yeah, what do you think, Tom? Dippet liked him, and Dumbledore Well, Dippet said he him. was too young. Right. And this, now it's been a few years. He's, he's about 10 years He's been seven. seasoned, yes. Yeah. And been getting up to all sorts of stuff. So you don't, I mean, I think it's dumb that he thought Dumbledore might let him in, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dumbledore almost, was like, the one who was always suspicious of him to yeah. begin with. But I, again, I feel like that scene is almost like his, his last chance. I mean, right. I feel like he could have been redeemed from that point. Mm, I don't think he saying. could have been redeemed. Maybe not easily. Because we know right. at least one reason that he came there was to hide a Horcrux. Mm-hmm. True. But, yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, the I, idea I, I, was that he could recruit youngsters. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it struck me the other day. I, I re- reread the scene the other day, and it just it stuck. Yeah. I wonder what would have happened if Dippet did let him in. Whether mm-hmm. that would have if worked. Dippet. Well, I will say that if Dippet let him in, that is years before. So that's like years of wandering and melting that he doesn't get. Right. Mm-hmm. And he although he's made a couple of or he's made a couple of horcruxes, sure. But I just wonder if he would be 
I don't want to say quite, you have not, to not read quite Dark Lord, mm-hmm. but you know, not as terrible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or, you know, there's the one where he's a Hufflepuff and just gets everybody to work for him. <laughs> but yeah, cause that's I've actually read, um, I think it was in Be Careful, which was the completely AU one where he's, um, he researches Horcruxes and decides they're too far to go and takes a step back. And then he becomes an actually quite good defense against the Dark Arts teacher. And that's who he is in this universe. And then Canon Draco shows up in this universe and goes, what? Tom Riddle is teaching defense? (laughs) Wait a minute. I like those alternate sorting toms. Here's a bunch. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of interesting ways it could go. I could see him being a Ravenclaw. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have said Hufflepuff, but Insurgeray does make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I don't know whether Gryffindor would work for him, but it might. And even within Slytherin, there's different paths they could take. Yeah, there is... Oh, there is a fic. I found it. Five things that never happened to Tom Riddle. Now, I don't remember what they are, but this is the fic. And hmm. it is exactly what I said it was. It is five things that never happened to Tom Riddle. Oh. Cool. And it's really old. I just noticed that because it, it's his mother's name is Julia Marvolo. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. Getting that as his mother's maiden name instead of his grandfather's name. Yeah. Which is, is something that's in a bunch. I mean, I always assumed it was his first name, but there's a, I mean, two worlds in between has got, he's Marvolo. Mm-hmm. Last name is Marvolo. Mm-hmm. And this, I think the five times is each house and being a squib. I still like that uh, in, um, I think it's the French version. Uh, his middle name is Elvis. Yes. That's how they can make it make the anagram work. Sweet, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not it's not quite as spooky for some reason. I don't know. Just be Voldemort. Tom Elvis. Yeah, Thomas Elvis. Here we go. Harry Potter in translation, and we mm-hmm. can see because obviously they would have had to change it. He is Sorvolo in Spanish to make it Soy Lord Voldemort. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, he's actually not Tom Elvis Riddle. He's Tom Elvis Jadusor, no. which forms the anagram Je suis Voldemort. Okay. In I- yeah. I- Icelandic, his name is Trevor Delgome, which becomes Egger Voldemort. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> Delgome. That kills me. Trevor Delgome. Wow. Yeah. In German, it's Tom Vorlost Riddle. Sort of works, I guess. And in Japanese, they can't make him do the anagram. It just doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right, yeah. this was fun. It does, yeah. It's interesting. But we should at least try to get through this last chapter. Yes. <laughs> Once again, we railed. We wander off a little bit. Yeah, know. we're never off course. Just have to keep up with our uh, little jaunts through the forest. <laughs> we like forests. They're full of trees. <laughs> so we are in part 23, the duel of duels. Duel of duels. And so Severus has arrived at the designated place, which is a warehouse, and he takes a minute to build a wall around his emotions and thoughts before he enters into where Voldemort is waiting. Yeah. And, and he comes in, and his first thought is, huh, Voldemort has hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Voldemort says, ah, Severus, my faithful one has come. And he immediately steps forward and bows and says, I apologize for my tardiness. Yeah. And this Voldemort apparently has already 
linked up with some of the werewolves that he hadn't in Severus's world until mm-hmm. after the destruction of Hogsmeade. Because, yes, he's been having the werewolves who are panicked by this whole vaccine idea. Right. Kind of flocking to his banner. And the plan is that there, he's going to go and break people out of Azkaban, but he's sending the werewolves out to... to different... Attack some more addresses with muggle-born kids. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. have some fun at Hogsmeade, too. He wants to distract the Aurors while he goes, goes and does his... His uh, big breakout. Yep. And so, tonight we shall show why I, Lord Voldemort, am to be feared. And there has been an intense influx of magic towards the Flamel's house, mm-hmm. and Harry is having a nightmare. Yeah. Because he's seeing all of this, and he realizes that something's going on with Voldemort, and we've got to warn these people. Um, yeah. And, and basically, he's doing magic in his dream, and that's what warns the Flamels. It's not something that's coming at them. I think it's him. I think it's Harry that does the magic influx. Mm, I don't know. The word influx means something is coming in from somewhere else. I'm not sure. Okay. I closed the fic. Well, don't do that. I know. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Got it. But, I found, found the part. Yeah. Nicholas decides he's going to try and block or at least um, separate this connection for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he's going to, he's going to muffle things and sends a spell in kind of between his scar and the rest of him almost. Yeah. I, I think it's like the occlumency. He's, or the, the legitimacy. He's in there kind of. It's a little bit. He's almost, he's building walls. For mm-hmm. Harry from the outside, kind of. It's not quite like Occlumency Shields, but right. he's he's making his mind a moat, it says. There you go. But because in this fic, there are no Horcruxes, so the whole Scar connection thing has a different rationale. Right. Which I That's think right. we learn a little bit about later. But um, at any rate, we see Voldemort heading off to Azkaban and breaking everybody out, and then the Dementors are coming along with him. Of course they and are. Then we get to meet Mal Turner, who is a muggle, who had some weird people show up to, to let him know his son was a wizard. Um, and then he's decided he'd better stock up on a, get himself a shotgun. <laughs> Cause you never know. Yeah. Cause yeah. they, they, they let the oars mention that there've been these kidnappings and such. Mm-hmm. So he's set up, he's got a shotgun and he's set up a bell and string to, well, he's, him in he's case a smart guy. Alarm system I love doesn't this work. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's got this all figured out, and and they've got a safe room, and you know, I think he's ex-military. It seems to me that this guy's got some, uh, as I remember, he he has some skills. Mm-hmm. And he can hear people moving around, and somebody blasts a hole in the wall, and three people speak, and so he shoots them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Yeah, and he's doing really well until somebody sneaks up behind him and crucios him because that makes him just keep shooting. Because, you know, if you're spasming with a gun in your hand, you're going to be shooting. Mm-hmm. And now he's out of bullets. And So I guess it's not a shotgun. It's some other kind of gun. Mm-hmm. But, and we, we learn in the notes from the next chapter that there's some bits that Blue Owl just didn't cons- consider about the UK practice with guns. Right. The police don't have firearms except in like their equivalent of SWAT teams and so on. But in this case, we have some anyway. Uh, 
because people have noticed all this explosion and gunfire going off. And Please. although the headmaster and the Aurors show up, so do the Muggle police. Mm-hmm. So Dumbledore has arrived and he's disillusioned himself. And he gets inside to find Voldemort standing over a trembling muggle. And he stops Dumbledore, or he stops Voldemort. And Voldemort has told his followers that they can kill whoever they can find. Let's have some fun! Oh, yay. (laughs) Here come the police. Freeze! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, nothing happened. Dumbledore has more people to try and protect, Mm -hmm. and Voldemort notices that that's what he's doing, so he starts targeting them specifically, and Mm -hmm. he casts Imperius on three different police officers and makes them shoot other people. Yeah, they're starting to shoot each other. And then there's a great giant snake made out of fire and a whole bunch of different things, and Dumbledore is just trying to keep up with Voldemort, and when Voldemort is apparates away, he kind of heads over there and tries to catch the trace of where he went and such. But this is in the middle of... Uh, Mal Turner has once again ma- made it up from wherever he'd been kind of thrown off to, and he's shot at Voldemort, and then Voldemort disappears, and Dumbledore's going through that area as well because he wants to keep up with him, and so both of them end up shot. Yeah. Then we have reports coming in from everywhere. Madame Bones is getting all these reports that there's attacks everywhere. And then there's alarms <gasps> blowing overhead. And he's there in the ministry. And Dumbledore, and Dumbledore knows. Dumbledore has been shot in the head. In, even though he had some sort of kind of Kevlar spell up, it's not that didn't really help as much as he hoped. And, uh, He's kind of still trying to keep up this magical battle whilst mm-hmm. having a giant headache and other problems. I think this this is a first for Fix that I've read. I've never seen Dumbledore get shot in the head. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen anybody get shot in the head. Yeah, anybody, I've, I unless do, it's I like the ones where say that I've never they, seen anybody get shot, but that's probably happened. Yeah, well, and I, mean, I have seen a few where like the squibs get out the sniper rifles and take out Voldemort that way. But <laughs> and wasn't there one where Mister Miss not Mister Weasley, Mister Granger shot Molly? What is that one? I don't know that one. I don't know. I, I have seen more where like Muggle um, parents, often the Grangers or other people that we know have Muggle-born children, have set up and you know taken. After the wizards with guns or uh, yeah, well, this was, bear this spray was, or whatever Mr. else. Mr. Granger <laughs> bought a gun because of, you know, Voldemort. And he shot Molly. And I can't even mm. remember if this was like a Molly bashing fic or if it was like accidental. Well, I, <laughs> I have a recollection of Mr. Granger with a like a shotgun or a rifle. Yeah, and it was kind of like an Uncle Vernon bit with the shotgun. You know, like... Mm-hmm. He just, but I don't remember Molly getting shot, so I don't know. There may be more than one. I'm sure there's been other people think of mis- arming Mr. Granger. Mm-hmm. Mr. Granger shoots Molly. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, well, P.S. is looking up that. We're, we'll go back here. So Dumbledore is in Fudge's office and has him at wand point. And Dumbledore rushes in and... Yes, Voldemort has him at one point, and then yes. Dumbledore gets... Did I say Dumbledore his, twice? 
They did, yes. They, they do me. have rather similar names. I'm getting very confused here. We'll blame it on the flu, but that's not it. First, they destroy the Hall of Prophecy because we got to do that. Because mm-hmm. uh, Voldemort is going to go get the prophecy himself, and Dumbledore just blows them all up. So everybody's talking, mm-hmm. and you can't hear what the individual prophecy is. Uh, yeah, and that makes him really mad. And then, yes, they wind up in the, the minister's office, and he does manage to get in a few cracks about, mm, you shouldn't be the one talking about tainted blood, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he at least manages to drive Voldemort away, but that's about it. And then he's going to, he, he set the office on fire, and so Dumbledore has to seal things or hold the fire back in some way. And fortunately, Fox comes and gets him. He really has nothing left that he can do. And then he... Phoenix travels back to Hogwarts and basically passes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's well, basically had a stroke out of having done all of this magic whilst having a bullet wound in his head. head. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, most people think that if you get shot in the head that you're just dead. But there is medical precedent for being alive with a bullet in your head. It depends on where the bullet goes. And so it's perfectly feasible that he was able to do, I mean, I don't think he could have done all of this stuff with the head wound just because of the way it was bleeding and stuff like that. But it's, I don't find it completely out of the realm of believable, believable in this. No, I didn't think so either. So, but yeah, now (laughs) he's collapsed in the hospital wing (laughs) and they're like, uh, Crap, what happened? Albus, you're bleeding. <laughs> Shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he kind of lands in McGonagall's office, I think. Mm-hmm. He's having trouble talking. It's like Scott said, he's, he's like he's had a, a stroke. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, and he manages to get through to her that he's been hit by a bullet. Mm-hmm. And then Madame Pomfrey shows up and he passes out. <laughs> yeah, he passes out wondering where... if Minerva knows that her center lamp is crooked. Because, you know, that's what you would notice as you were passing out. Yep, absolutely. He's looking at the ceiling after all. Mm-hmm. So. So. so are we wrapping up there or do we want to go on more? Or? How do you all feel? I guess I can last a little bit longer. It's a fairly long chapter, but it's not horribly long. But it is getting late for you. Yeah. I think we should just... Yeah. Call it tonight. That's not- actually a pretty good place to end because we've got our cliffhanger yeah. with yep. Dumbledore passing out. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. Okay. Did 19 and through 23, so. so. Yeah, five chapters. Got a few chapters down. So, all right. This will give me time to go over and see who just showed up at my house and make coffee before I go to bed because I have to go to work in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll actually not read until midnight tonight. You never know. Oh, that'd be good. You know, it could last, happen. Last Thursday, I uh, was all excited. I was going to watch Critical Role. And, of course, we had company. I was like, go home. I want to watch my show. And then I couldn't. It wouldn't come up for me. The computer was, wasn't working right. And it was being slow, and I couldn't get it to work. And I was like, well, I'll just go to bed and bring it up on my Kindle. And I couldn't get it on my Kindle for anything. So I missed last week's Critical Role. I'll have to wait till it comes out on the main feed so I can see it. 
Yeah, I've missed two now, but I'm a Twitch member, so I can go and watch them if, if I like on those, on their thing, on their channel. Okay. I, well, I'm a Twitch member, I think, it seems to me. If you actually have a Twitch account, then you can go in to the Geek and Sundry Twitch profile and look for past broadcasts, and it'll uh, let you. Okay. I may have tried that. I don't know. But that would not be a good thing to do tonight. Bless you, P.S. Because uh, no. then I'll be up till midnight. <laughs> so don't tell me these things. That would be bad. <laughs> okay. So quite a wild ride this these chapters we yeah. got harry kidnapped the blood bank broken into uh harry going to stay with the flamels getting to hang out with the dragon again and then voldemort and dumbledore having an epic battle and both getting shot which i just think is really interesting i love the whole idea of voldemort being shot because Yes. He's not going to know what to do with this muggle technology. Yeah. You kind of wish he got shot in the head and Dumbledore mm-hmm. got shot in the leg, but uh, well, they'll work it out. Yeah. I love what Snape does to him, though, next chapter. I think it's the next chapter. It, it's really, yes, that's fun. Really quite a... It's either the next chapter or the one after, because mm-hmm. that's as far as I read, I think. Or no, I read to 28. But anyway. It's really starting to move these chapters there's a lot going on mm-hmm. big changes are happening but we're still in the realm of things you know we, we still have Voldemort coming back getting his body it's just being used by different blood and and things like that and I can see him wanting to use Dumbledore's blood that's not out of the realm of possibilities either so mm-hmm. I feel sorry for the the muggle-born kids that are now werewolves, though. But hopefully Harry will be able to heal them at some point. What a scary yeah, thing. I'm sure he will. Or they'll go through with the vaccine, because they still, they still know how to do that now, even though the St. Mungo's blood donations got smashed up. They mm-hmm. can still do it in other countries, and they can get more, and so on. Yeah, they'll just get some more blood from Dumbledore, although Dumbledore probably shouldn't be giving blood at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But there were a bunch of other people that were there, and all of the werewolves that he's cured already can do it as well, and so on. Oh, now it's my brother. My brother's name is Mutt? <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Doesn't sound like Mike. That is Mike. not how it comes through. <laughs> I thought it said cut. <laughs> and it's answering it, so Mom must be still talking to... I'm, I'm imagining it was Fred that showed up. I said death said that there is a, t- a, a fic where Mr. Granger shoots Molly, but he doesn't remember the title, and now he's just said he thinks it was Mrs. Granger. Mm. Mrs. Granger that shot Molly. Poor Molly. She's just getting all kinds of stuff. Molly getting shot, like, back and forth from both of them. <laughs> Poor Molly. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Yep. Where were we? <laughs> we were, we were basically either wrapping stuff up or we were uh, leaving it to connect with um, a few more chapters later, depending on what we want to do. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how both Voldemort and Dumbledore deal with their various bullet wounds. And hopefully uh, the right one uh, manages to deal with it poorly and the other one manages to, you know, get everything mm-hmm. healed up again. <laughs> Yeah, I like this because it's going to lead us into, bye Fred, it's going to lead us into some more of the muggle technology. 
because we know that Harry needs to get the Longbottoms somehow into. It's been leading us along all of this time, you know. Yeah, he he, he wants to he see wants if he to, can get the the Longbottoms a CAT scan or an MRI or mm-hmm. something to see what he can find out about the brain because the wizard textbooks really don't know anything about the brain. Right. They haven't so, had to deal with that directly. This is like going to be another step towards that. If we can get Dumbledore in there with his brain injury, then mm-hmm. you know we we. And I'm get pretty that sure this closer. whole thing with making extra membrane for Snape is going to help him figure out how you deal with Cruciatus curse, curse mm-hmm. damage. So yeah, that'll be interesting when we get that far. Yes. Oh, death has found the fic. It is knowledge is power. I know that mm-hmm. fic. I don't know that I've read it, but I've heard about it. Yep. Molly gets shot in Chapter 14 by Mrs. Granger. Oh, dear. It, it, it does not sound like the type of fic that I would like, or that probably you would like, Sue. Probably either. not. Because mm. has Molly thinking of Hermione as a mudblood, which does not seem good this at all. This is not my Molly. Oh. No. No. Well, you'll have to think. We're enjoying this fic much more. Mm -hmm. A lot of neat things. Yeah. Like we said earlier, I think it's interesting that we get to bring in the Flamels and not kill them off and see what they can actually offer because, you know, they've got 600 years of experience in various different things. So I think that should go in some interesting directions once we get there. And uh, yeah, just, just having the Snape who is not completely bitter all the time. Uh, makes a difference. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I've really enjoyed Snape in this story. I, I know that Trisha would like this story a lot because of Snape. It's too bad she's been having illnesses and other things going on so that she hasn't been here for most of it because it's the, her type of of Snape. Mm-hmm. So. And yeah, I'm hoping that Dumbledore can figure out some ways or other people can figure out ways for him to recover from this. One of the things that occurred to me, I think we can spoil a little bit of the next chapter, is they they do end up getting him a scan and discover that there are bits of skull bone basically embedded in parts of his brain, and that's what's causing some of the problems. And they don't want to go in and get them out because that means cutting into the brain and causing more problems. And Well, they don't want to summon them out because that yeah. would mean that they're going to... Summoning out bits of brain. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that immediately made me think of the bit where Zachariah Smith is being an idiot and twitting Harry about, oh, you've got to have Dobby take care of you in the bathroom, etc. And Draco says, oh, everyone knows house elves can just vanish things as long as they know that they're there. We discussed Harry's little colostomy last Mm -hmm. week. So I'm going, get a house elf to come in and vanish (laughs) those extra pieces of skull bone. And then there's no dragging it out and cutting any other parts of the brain. They're just not there. Right. But isn't the bullet lodged in his brain as well? Probably. Something like that, yes. So eventually they do have to take him for surgery and such, but I think they should get the house elves in on it. I I agree with you. I hadn't thought of that, but I agree with you wholeheartedly now. That's a grand idea. Mm -hmm. But we will see how things go with that in our next segment. Yes. Yes. And Death says hi. Hi, Death. We already have used him, but he's now just saying hi. <laughs> Hello. It's not always good to have always, it's extra not, contributions from the community. Mm-hmm. You, it, uh, it's not always that you get to have a message from Death. 
<laughs> Especially one as as nice as high. Yes. Mm-hmm. A pleasant message from death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not spelled with an A. This is death roll. <laughs> well, I think that's hands. a great title for this story. A pleasant message from death. <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Uh, there you go. But, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying our coverage and enjoying the story. And mm-hmm. we're going to keep reading, and we encourage you to keep reading. And come back next week or two whenever. weeks from now whenever we release the next one. Yes. And we'll keep going. We only have one more story after this one, and this season is done. Mm-hmm. What's the next story? It's some crack fic. Oh, God, not again. Ah. Which is another... It's another time travel fic, but of a different style and much less serious. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes itself less seriously, I guess I should say. <laughs> there you go. It's supposed to be really funny. I didn't find it funny, but most people do. Apparently, I was not in a good mood or something when I read it, because I was like, okay. Yeah, to go I have a well. feeling that if most people find it funny, I am not going to find it funny, because <laughs> I rarely find the fix that most people find funny, funny. Ah, well, well, I'll have to see, I guess. <laughs> there you go. I will probably not be here next time. I suspect I will have rehearsal again, but uh, it kind of depends on how things fall out with that. But Okay. Or unless we don't do it on Monday, I guess, but whatever Which works. Which is a possibility, but of course, then we got to figure out when we're doing Pouvoir 2. Mm-hmm. So. We've got too many podcasts. Too many They're fun. all over the place. Gee willikers. <laughs> but they're fun. Get Ryan to release the second fate and then go from there. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. But I we think should that end this. this episode of Potterfic Weekly to a close. Hopefully you've enjoyed it and uh, do take a look at the other members of our Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts, including Pouvoir, which we just re- referenced, pointofviewweekly.com, the Pouvoir Exchange, where we talk about things that are not Harry Potter, except when we talk about Harry Potter as if it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and drop in our forums yes, at potterficforum.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Good night, everybody. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.